Buttons and bows and pantyhose. I'm your host, Alexander Rodriguez, here for On The Rocks Radio Show, where celebrities and cocktails mix tonight. The gossip is true. We have YouTuber, uh, New York Times best-selling author, and fellow podcasteress, Allison Raskin is here. And we have acting from out of this world. We have Stargate Origins, Alum Orient. Yes! I got it right. <laughs> That'll be the only time for the whole show. And I couldn't get over the rainbow, so what? We have from Hollywood Fringe, uh, the book that I'm going to write by Judy Garland. We have performer Jason Powell is here, and my gal pal, and entertainment guru, Michael Ferreira here to delve into the trailers. The Lady Gaga star is born in Bohemian Rhapsody. All that and more, so raise a glass and let the drinks begin. <laughs> And most poor suckers are starving to death. I'd like to propose a toast. This is On the Rocks with Alexander, coming at you from Sunset Gower Studios in the heart of Hollywood, where I drink with your favorite celebrities and we talk about fashion, entertainment, pop culture, reality TV, and and that's about it. So pop a court, pour a glass, lean back, and enjoy On the Rocks every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Oh, my Lord, it is going to be a bumpy night. All right, so when I look in the mirror, I'm like, girl, you look cute. When my mom sees me, she's like, oh, son, you look you look handsome. When my friends see me, like, girl, you look cute. When my phone is on, like, the reverse selfie, it's like, girl, you look like Shrek. Like, why does every other person, when they do, like, their Instagram selfie stories, they look fine. <laughs> and when I do it, I look like Jabba in the CGI in the prequels for Star Wars. <laughs> Somebody explain that. Does I don't everybody know. here think filters, that they look- filters? No, but it's like the whole thing. I just like does. No, do it we is. All, are we all it's confident? horrid. It right. is truly yeah. a design flaw, and I keep hoping that every iOS uh, new um, update will fix that for me. But I think I think it's just me. It's the problem. Th- that's what I think. I assume it's everybody. Yeah. It's everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I mean, y- you guys look great, and uh, oh god, oh, I, I just no, you haven't seen me with a. With a selfie. It's no, I see. Like with your cat. No, dog. Oh, dog. <laughs> I guess it. Dog I guess looks my like dog looks like yeah. a cat. Yeah. The cat is me. See what selfies yeah. do? You can't tell a cat from yeah. a dog. Your dog is gay. Meow. <laughs> 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 your dog's confused. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't know how to identify. It's a turtle. <laughs> uh, anyway, so keep those selfies going. Uh, send them to On The Rocks. Thank you to our sober listeners for tuning in. We love you. Thank you for holding our hair back, especially at Pride this last weekend and driving us home. If drunk texting was a sport, I'd be in a Olympian. Wah, wah. Oh. oh, yeah. Did you like that? <laughs> I wrote that one down. <laughs> Don't steal that, Allison, for your next book. That one's mine. Uh, <laughs> hello to our listeners around the nation on iHeartRadio, Universal Broadcasting Network, Player FM, Stitcher, TuneIn, Satchel, iTunes, Google Play, and of course, we are Facebook Live on Hillcrest Social in San Diego, True FM in Ohio, and nationally on Bear World Magazine. Rawr. Check out my Bear World Magazine <laughs> uh, weekly movie reviews, Rawr. celebrity uh, interviews, and of course, my favorite, Movie News Monday. So they don't censor what I can write for movie news, so I add what the news is and then I have my little sassy comments. This week, I talk about Legally Blonde 3 is ago. Yeah. Did I you saw know that? that. Yeah. Yes, I'm very excited. Right? <laughs> so Reese uh, did a little Instagram pic, whatever. Mm-hmm. I hope it's Elle taking uh, Trump on. Like, how awesome would that be? Yeah, Elle goes to Washington. Was the were the other ones set in Washington? Am I? This is yeah, a dark well, no, spot. Yeah, yeah, she was like in Congress, and Sally Field was in right, it. Right, that was the second one. Yeah, so why not return? She did so well the first time. It just makes sense. <laughs> and can you imagine if they like did like a surreal type? Of... <laughs> There's like silence. Okay. <laughs> also, Val Kimmer is in Top Gun too. Yep. So at first he wasn't. Now he is. 
I just hope he can get his shift covered at Arby's. Because oh, that's not nice. There's been the recent pictures that I've seen. Is he the only one? Is he the only no, one? Tom Cruise no, Tom is Cruise. really coming back. Oh, yeah, Tom Cruise has already taken pictures on set. Yeah, yeah. who else? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so he's fine. Yeah. But Val Kimber, not, I mean, he looks odd, but he's kooky. Like, he's yeah. kooky on his post. I think he's, they're going to be like rival flight instructors, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> they're just going to pick it up 30 years later. Everybody's yeah. having yeah, a cane. Yeah. Except Val, yeah, like, yeah. Val's like huge, right? Is he still huge? He's a little. He, he, could, might, go, he, could, he could eat some He's he a little Ruben-esque. Yeah. 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 Maybe Val will be in charge of like the gallery or the galley. The reception. Is it, what you were in the military. Galley. You know yeah. what it's called. The gallery, yeah. Uh, galley. No, the galley. it's the galley. The galley. The, galley. the, galley. Okay. the gallows. The gallows. <laughs> it might be that. Sign me up, USA. <laughs> it might be I'm that ready in to Top fight. Gun too. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, that should be interesting. Uh, for all of our audio listeners, you can catch the video uh, stream on Facebook. Uh, we're now on YouTube. Uh, I need to ask Allison, uh, Allison how to do all this YouTube stuff. I mean, I really don't know. Oh, oh please, girl. <laughs> please. She's like YouTube queen. She's like, it's eh. <laughs> like where I put my crown. Uh, and of course, we are on the Hillcrest Social app for free. You can download all of our uh, video for free. Download uh, Hillcrest Social for iPhone and Android today. My Mom, Mama Rose is visiting us. She's in the chat room. Actually, right, I think right now she's running across to get us mixers because we only have pure vodka uh, and water. <laughs> and Allison, I want you to have flavored water because it's very good. Oh, thank uh, you. But make sure you ask her questions on ubnradio.com and also on Facebook Live on On The Rocks Radio Show page. She has done her research on y'all. She yeah. was reading uh, I Hate Everyone But You last night. I know. Um, she started talking to me about my book like she'd actually yeah. read it. I couldn't believe it. She's like, <laughs> like I'm going to have to ban her from set because she's like, she's like a fangirl. She's, she's going like, to take over. No, it was yeah. so nice. I have family members who haven't read it, so that was great. <laughs> She's like, Alem, sign. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. Anyway, but keep her busy. Otherwise, she'll be too close to the vodka, and she'll drunk tweet or ambient tweet, and I don't want to lose my show. <laughs> uh, hello to engineer. Kurt, Kurt, you look a little frazzled today. Did you have a day? No, no, I'm, I'm good. Oh, I forgot. That, that's how straight people yeah, have I their just hair. Look this, okay. this is how I look. <laughs> oh, Kurt. <laughs> you look like a lesbian on an oil rig. Uh, uh, good to see you. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, do you have a pun for us today? He's I, so punny. I always, oh. I, I always have a pun oh, for you. Oh, God, Kurt. If you must, make it fast. We have a, we have a big show today. Oh, okay. <laughs> D- did you know installing mufflers is uh, exhausting work? Oh, boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> No, no, no. He, he gives me crickets, and then for him, he mm-hmm. gets uh, applause. <laughs> Kurt, I don't know about this segment. It's wildly popular, though. People go crazy for his pun segment. Watch you start your own podcast. Wouldn't be the first time for me. Why not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, Shane? Uh, <laughs> often imitated, Oops. never duplicated. Uh, like us on Twitter to Instagram at On The Rocks, on air, Facebook, On The Rocks Radio Show. If you're still on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube. <laughs> like I said, find us on the web, on com. Now, all the video and all the audio uh, in two different forms are right on the front page of com. Uh, also, send me an email. Book me for a wedding, funeral, quinceanera, bris. I don't care. I will show bar up. <laughs> <laughs> bar mitzvahs. I, I'll go over well at bar mitzvahs. I know the score to fit on the roof backwards and forwards. <laughs> uh, but I, I officiated a wedding two weeks ago, and it was quite lovely. In all the pictures, I'm like... <laughs> and they're still married? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't even laugh. I don't have a very good track record. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> anyway. Wait, that, was, that wasn't your first one. No, I officiate a, a oh, lot. It's fun. A- I write the ceremony specific for each couple, uh, fashion to them, and it's really personal. And I, you know, I love to tell stories. I tell how they met. I tell their, about their first fight, and I introduce everybody in the bridal party. Do that you I- know them, or they just hire no. you? Well, oh, uh, it wouldn't be good if you knew them. Both. Well, <laughs> both. Like, so I'll know some Quite people, dangerous. but then they'll hire me. That's part of the service. I want to do it. Is it good money? 
Uh, it's not bad for a 20-minute ceremony. If it's more, you got to pay. More. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's fun, you know. It's And, I, you know, you get moved, and I pretend I'm a human from time to time, and I'm, you know, dear. I always crack my voice right at the moment where I, like, introduce them as man and wife or man and man and wife and wife or whatever. And I was like, I just do a little crack, and everybody's like, oh, my God, it's so wonderful. <laughs> it's real. It's a nice touch. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know about, you know, we all know a little bit about yeah, yeah, putting yeah. on a show. Uh, coming up on the show, <clears throat> we have the reschedule of Tommy and Greg Sestero from The Room slash Disaster Artist. They're coming in. We have Soap Opera Hunk, Sean Kerrigan from Young and the Restless. We have Real Housewife of OC, past alumni. Gretchen Rossi is here. And we have the host of Mortified Podcast. We have horror uh, novelist Joe Lansdale. And we have Victoria Price, the daughter of Vincent Price, keeping his legacy Ooh. alive. And we have American Idol finalist David Hernandez will be on his way. Stay tuned for that. Oh, this week uh, was a whirlwind for sure. I had the upfronts uh, with LATV. So uh, LATV is the largest Latino-based national network. And good news, our uh, new TV talk show is greenlit. Uh, Glitter Bomb is its name. And we start filming August and we premiere in September. So pay your cable bill because I'm coming into your living room. I'm very excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot That's of fun. Great. That's great. Thank amazing. you. Congratulations. Congratulations. So we filmed like seven hours for a pilot. Like what pilot do you film seven hours? Because they're like, let's do this segment. Let's do that segment. So we're going to be releasing that actually starting next month. Uh, we'll release that online. I'm having my two co-hosts from that show come in. Uh, so that'll be fun. It's all it's all Latin goodness. We're going to be the first LGBT Latin show on any network. So wow. I'm really excited. Um, I just have to learn Spanish. <laughs> it's like I want to lose weight to be like really svelte, but then like literally their craft services is Mexican food, and mm. I love a churro. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> anyway, this last weekend I was MC for Out at the Fair uh, at San Diego County Fair uh, for eight hours on stage. So uh, the gays were there for all the straights. We took over the fair. It was interesting to be sure, uh, but it was good. It was good to see how families can all interact and we can all have a good time. We had live performances by Casey Lansdale. Uh, Taylor Olson, Trevor Page, David Hernandez, and we had some fun audience interaction with the dance contest, a lip sync for your life competition, and we had a makeup for men makeover. So that, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people at the fair are a little rough. It's like, um, sorry, we don't have uh, denture implants to <coughs> fix that. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, was that mean? I feel bad because Allison's like giving me like, I'm nice on my shows. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, sure, so sweet. I, I can't stop binge watching your videos. I'm like, it's like hanging out with you guys. Anyway, I love it. Uh, let me introduce my bestie for the night. Well, you've, you've been around for a while, not just not just for the night. Michael Ferreira has been a non-profiteer for years, uh, being a co-founder of LifeWorks, which is the leading LGBT youth organization now at the Los Angeles LGBT Center, as well as having served as executive director for the National AIDS Monument in West Hollywood. And as a musical theater performer, he has acted, sang, directed, and toured with Up With people and as an avid entertainment goer he has literally seen pretty much every single broadway show in the last decade um, and i get so jealous of your ins- or no your facebook when you're gonna get on instagram by the way i don't know there's like two pictures i just gotta yeah I just oh, gotta God. sit down and do it. You anyway, know. your Facebook, I get so jealous. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here's you at Hello Dolly. Here's you oh. at, uh, you know, uh, Band of Brothers or uh, Mean Girls. Three mean Tall girls. Women. Mean girls. Yeah. And Three Tall Women. Ooh, yeah, this boy. was just last weekend. Uh, oh, did you hear that? <laughs> just last weekend. Just last weekend. Holy moly. Five shows in three days last uh, weekend. 
Uh, but he goes Great. all the time, so he literally sees every show. So he saves me all the time and money because he just gives me the rent. I'm like, hated it. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but you actually like most of anything. And it, on top of seeing almost every Broadway show, he has seen every major star concert, including Cher, Manilow, Britney, Streisand, Perry, and most importantly, has served as my director for my cabaret shows at Rockwell. Welcome, my Mr. Sister, Michael Ferreira. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Great to be here. Kurt, we're going to have to change uh, headphones again. Oh. Uh-oh. I gotta, I gotta say, while you brought that up, that I saw Boys in the Band, and what a treat it was to see a generation of young, out gay actors um, on the stage together, all stars. I mean, these guys are big; they're big stars. Yeah. And and, uh, and it's amazing just to have them in one play, and they they all sort of outdid themselves, like Andrew Reynolds and um, and Jim Parsons, Zachary and Quinto. Zachary Quinto, actually, Zachary Quinto was. You know, I just never seen him act like that before. And then somebody that's not getting a lot of the press that I just absolutely adore and I have for a while is Robin De Jesus. Oh, Man, he's so he is great. So good. He's really so good. So good. And he's, he really kind of steals it. Well, you know, so he was in camp, that movie. Yeah, I Very love camp. few that's personalities from that movie made it to <laughs> anything else. Except uh, Anna Kendrick, of yeah, course. Yeah, Anna Kendrick. Right? Is, like, yeah. she ran Oscar away and everyone else was like, oh, Yeah, right? Holy moly. Uh, but Robin DeJesus is such a good actor. Such he's, a good actor. He starred, he's guest starred on every Law & Order uh, mm-hmm. franchise that they have. And he, like you said, he kind of just steals it. He has this this natural energy yeah. that you, it's it's he's he's heartbreaking yep. i'm talking about like famous young people they did ask me to be in the play but i have the show so I yeah, said, yeah that was just too much star power for one show too, i was like you know how big is my green room <laughs> my dressing room and they're like well zach it's a bigger one zach for what for his eyebrows <laughs> oh boy <laughs> live long and prosper <laughs> um but the tony awards now i watched it yeah. and i have to be honest i've skimmed the last couple of years but i, I watched it did, did you guys see oh yes yeah well, of course you did jason no. I didn't. Allison, are you like a musical theater person? No. Actually, my big reveal is I'm a huge musical theater person. Are you? <laughs> I love it. I grew up in Westchester, New York, so right. I grew up uh, just like going yeah. to the theater all the time. We grew up like just up the street from each other. Oh, I grew really? up in Connecticut. Oh, so yeah. In Connecticut, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, That's so I... And you went to USC, too, which they have amazing mm-hmm. theater. Yes, so I'm a big musical person, but I'm not all musicals. I, I don't like like a lot of the classics. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which is fine. And I'm just the opposite. changed a lot. I'm so me th- that's too. Interesting. I can't get into the new things. I you guys. don't understand it. It's for a <laughs> it's for a different it's for a different type of brain and different type yeah. of ear. I'll tell I you the, the one classics. the one trend that I really can't stand is this whole thing about making a show one act, no intermission. Right. To make uh, people, hello. You know, to make people sit in the theater for two hours, that tourists especially, and pay attention and be quiet. It's just impossible. But that's but. our society. We can't. I mean, you can't watch a movie without checking this and doing that. And like, mm-hmm. let's be honest. When we watch Netflix, we don't just sit and watch the show. We're doing like ten other different things, and that's our attention span is going away. Yeah, right. Actually, that's why I'd want them to do a shorter, and you know, shorter first act, intermission, mm-hmm. second act, because yeah, people are squirming in. And I you actually see thro- haven't three tall seen women. A, uh, I guess I haven't been in a while. I haven't seen a single musical like that. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, the, the I mean, musicals they, they don't do it quite as much, but uh, but yeah, Boys in the Band they did it with Three Tall Women's one act. Um, yeah, they just it, 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 it's hard, and something like Three Tall Women is you know it's heavy material. Um, yeah, 
And, and skin tight with Adina Menzel, which uh, was also one act. And so, yeah, it's just hard. That's yeah. It's heavy. It's another Maybe they heavy can't show. afford two acts. You know, money's <laughs> not, not as... It's like, we can only afford Adina for 90 minutes. Get go. <laughs> Let it go. Um, mm. But I thought the Tony Awards did a really good job this year. I thought I they were too. much more entertaining. Um, I thought there was a good energy. And I felt that for like they went back to caring about their own audience rather mm-hmm. than trying to play for the mainstream, except for the backstage shenanigans. <laughs> Which yeah. that's something that I would get hired for, just to do like the funny comments yeah. backstage. It 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 took away from the whole thing. Yeah, that it, it it you know took you away from the poignance. Yeah, I mean like those kids that did Rent. Yeah, mm. I mean that's the kind of stuff that you want to see, like the future of theater, the talent that's coming. Um, and then the highlights of all the shows. I mean, I, I just, they picked the right numbers. They didn't pick like the obvious numbers. Did I you thought. feel that way? I felt there were some weird choices. Yes. I, oh, oh. Oh, hi, go. Like, yes, it's a shocking choice. I mean, I guess it was somebody. That was an interesting choice. Somebody <laughs> mentioned that in the room I was in that, there, uh, that I'm sure that song kills in the theater, but yeah. you know, in the context of this show, it's not it's not selling Carousel in any way. Mm-hmm. I think they were trying to highlight the dancing, and to your to your point, they were showing stuff that uh, we've seen. If I loved you, or yeah. when you walk through Star, like you'll never walk. We've seen it every single time. But I thought the dancing was odd. You know, there's a bunch of hooligans at the Sea Docks, and they're dancing with each other. <laughs> it looked like a ballroom dance yeah. class. Well, you, you know what happened? Alfred hap- Murray. You know what happened is this, these Alfred, these Arthur people Murray. were like they're doing eight shows a night, and they every step is one step. But on that stage, Radio City, they had yeah. to do two steps for every one step. Gotta fill it. So I was seeing them stretching. Mm. To get oh, girl, I saw a lot of stretching. But, but there's oh, yes. not a lot of numbers in Carousel that can fit Radio City Music Hall stage. That's that was fair. hard. That's that was fair. hard. I, I agreed because there were, there was a couple of shows that I actually seen last over, weekend. Though? Well, yeah, I mean that, but there's that two choices, been a right? Choice. Yeah, clam bake for crying out loud. Yeah. So I was in Carousel. Okay, uh-huh. there's three examples. <laughs> this was before like multicultural <laughs> casting, right? So I was like in the ensemble and I played Mr. Bascombe, the one that uh, in Dreamgirl. <laughs> Uh, no but I'm the one that that shot jigger whatever Uh and but then they put me in the clam bake and I had what's a you sheep was like my one anyway (laughs) sorry I I digress Allison's like what are you talking about (laughs) no my parents just saw it didn't like it oh it was a bad review yeah they said it was too vaguely religious Oh, that it had like weird it had like weird religious overtones that they weren't there for which religion Uh, I believe Christianity that's really odd. I mean, you know, there yeah. is the whole afterlife aspect of it, and I guess you could lean pretty heavily into it. Yeah, but that he made it to heaven after being like a wife beater, so that's not very Christian. And if that ain't Christianity, <laughs> <laughs> well, today's Christianity. I don't know what is. All right, so Michael, uh, you also, on top of seeing all this, like you ha- you go see every movie. Uh, you've been lucky enough, you've been to a, a bunch of premieres. Oh, I have to know, uh, how was Ocean's oh, 8. Oh, that's what I went to New York for, actually, Ooh. was the Ocean's 8 premiere. Um, well, I'll tell you the highlight of the evening for me. The, the movie's wonderful, and actually, if you don't know, it grossed, grossed more yeah. than, than any, any, other, other yeah. any of the other Ocean's uh, movies. Great. And, uh, but I got to hang out with Rihanna. Ooh. <laughs> no, really? Uh, yeah. What was at that the after like? Party. They had the after party at the Met to begin with, so oh it was amazing. God. The whole museum was closed for the, for the uh, wow. after party. And... It, I mean, she was beautiful. Yeah. And you can tell everybody else sees her as that extra special star. I mean, Sandra Bullock was there. I mean, she's a huge star. Um, all, those, all the Sarah Paulson. And, and, uh, but, you know, Rihanna was, was the one that everybody was like, wow, there's Rihanna. <laughs> and, uh, but, and I met Anne Hathaway because you know, her husband works for, uh, 
for Kevin Berg's Village Roadshow, or used to work for Village Roadshow Pictures. So, um, so yeah, I just kind of got, got to hang out with all these stars, and it was really fun. Really fun. So James you know, Corden's in the movie, too. That, no, and it's not see, you're not seeing him a lot career. in the previews, but, man, he's good. He's funny. Yeah. Well, he's very good. <laughs> I feel like, like you, could, you could have I think his he career. Could have his See, career, right? You have, I'd be like you the Latino the version. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like yeah, the Latino yeah. version of Ross Matthews. When he can't make it, I get the phone call. <laughs> I want James Corden's phone call. I want to be in like Ocean's Eight, Latino. How do you say Ocean in Spanish? Mar Ocho. Right? <laughs> Del Mar Ocho. Oh my God, that was so bad. <laughs> yeah, you need to Aylan keep was practicing. Like, uh, what am I doing? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so since you've seen every single movie, um, and the reason you're here is because you love sci-fi as much as I do. Of course, we have Alem mm-hmm. from uh, Stargate. Very excited about it. You're that. also consummate in in uh, YouTube and and the youth and what the youth are doing, and of course uh, Allison, and of course Broadway. Judy Garland, of course we have Jason. So you guys, this is such a fun show because it's all entertainment, but it shows you how entertainment has changed over the years mm. and how our approach and our relationship with entertainment is so different. I mean, Lee Strasberg, I mean, that's way far off my league. I'm like, Sondheim! And you're like, Strasberg. <laughs> <laughs> Which they could go together, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're going to take, uh, uh, last week was a big week for movie trailers. We had Ryan Gosling's Neil Armstrong movie. We had The Predator reboot. Uh, come out. We had Halloween reboot come out, but of course for 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 our likes, the musical fans. Yeah, the Lady Gaga <laughs> Stars Born came out. Now, uh, who here is familiar with the Stars Born story or the previous? I've never seen it. Oh, how dare you, I'm Jason? Please start it by. No way. Actually, it was started by Claudette Colbert. Did the first version right? Um, no, I, no, no, was, no. Uh, I think it was. Um, it was Janet. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Janet Gaynor? Jan- no, mm, maybe you're right. Yeah, I think it was Janet Gaynor. You might be oh, right. Oh, God, I'm way off. That's weird. Janet Never Gaynor, wrong. then Judy. Yeah, then Barbara. Right? Barbara. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, uh, we're all agog over Gaga's acting in American Horror Story that she won the Golden Globe, right? Mm-hmm. I love Gaga, but like, please act to win that award. Uh-oh. There was like silence here. Did, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I didn't see it. So I, I agree. Know. Oh, okay. Well, I'm curious about Bradley Cooper. Cause well, okay, so yeah. let's take a look. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to watch the trailer, and I guess you guys haven't seen the trailer. No. I've only watched it 52 times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's watch it. Your microphones are going to be on. That's like exciting. Any reactions, and then we'll, we'll talk about our reaction uh, after, but we're going to hear right. Bradley Cooper. Make sure this sounds up good. Listen to Bradley Cooper singing country. This is him. Maybe it's down yeah. yeah. Director, star. But director? Yeah, yeah. First time. It reminds me of an old-fashioned movie where it's the classic story of a love tale. Yeah. Right? Sets it up very... Oh, there we go. Sets it up perfectly. Yeah. We know it's an alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> In the old days, I always knew like you were going to do something, that you'd be all right. It's the first time I'm worried about you. Is that Lafayette from True Blood? No. No, okay. No, he's not with well, us anymore. No. Here's our girl. Oh, that's a personal right. question. Okay. Tell me something, girl. Hey, girl. Right song. <laughs> I don't sing my own songs. See, this is where I get excited. Okay, but she's her. not wearing makeup, so yeah. that means that she wants an Academy Award. Yeah. Almost every single person has told me they like the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. I had no idea what she looked like. Yeah, right? <laughs> her own it's mother true. forgot what she looked like. I mean, oh, look, look at her. her. Look at she reminds me of Brittany Murphy. Oh, my God. That's yeah. a really good comparison. 
Never seen her with brown hair. Yeah, she so transforms all the time. She's Italian. Yeah. And she was a musical theater kid, too. She did every musical theater, and the kids used to think she was so weird. People don't realize she went to Juilliard. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, yeah. She graduated? Yeah, she's a Juilliard-trained actress. Oh, look, here she goes. Academy Awards calling. Here it comes. (laughs) And listen to this. Girl. This will be sung at every wedding for the next five years. <laughs> and I, I went a couple months ago to see Barbara Streisand, the conversation with her um, at the Dolby, and she had been to the set, and she oh, loves sure. it. Can you imagine when Barbara Streisand comes to your set to see a movie that yeah. rebooted what you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very much a remake of that. Oh, Barbara yeah. Streisand. really, Jason? Let's pull up the Barbara Streisand trailer. I want us to see. <laughs> Thank like, you for that. that was a yeah, perfect segue. No, because that was the first thing I did, and I was like, "How original is this reboot?" Because it looks oddly familiar. Let's take. This is the Barbara Streisand. You guys, it literally looks like the same movie. Go ahead, Kurt. Oh, isn't that how the first movie? Oh, oh wait, what? Did, isn't that what? What? <laughs> Oh, is we that, just saw that. Is that Bradley? <laughs> is that Bradley Cooper? Yeah. <laughs> this is almost exactly what we just saw. It w- it will be more like Who is it? Chris, that one. Chris Christopherson, yeah. So we saw the crowds. Bradley Cooper even looks like Chris Christopherson. Yep. Yep. But the old-fashioned, and with the, with the bottle, like this looks like the same, mm-hmm. but they have the old-fashioned announcer. In a world of... Yeah. <laughs> there she there goes. There she is. Well, so you know the difference though okay, with okay. this movie, the new one, the big difference is that Bradley Cooper is not known as a singer. So you know, sure, sure. when, also, the, Gaga when the big star effort. comes in and sings yeah. their part, <laughs> a la There's Sissy Spacek, Oscars come. Oscars come. But yeah, I found it interesting in the in the in the Bradley Cooper trailer, we didn't see the big downfall that those familiar with the movie all know that happens. I mean, that's part of the story. The Barbara Streisand trailer is three minutes and a half, and it shows the whole downfall. Which what's the downfall? Well, now you're gonna have to find out. Yeah. Alcohol. Spoiler. Yeah. yeah. It looked boring. <laughs> yeah, you know that trailer is actually it's for the card. people that know the story. Yeah, the s- the, here's that's the thing. Point. The yeah. thing about the story is that it's actually very, very simple. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple and maybe a little bit mm, cliched story. And it requires a lot of star magnetism. And it requires a lot of good storytelling um, in order to actually make it compelling. So I don't know. Maybe he's not pulling it off. He is. He's has he ever directed before? No, Bradley no, Cooper. So, so I don't know. He took it from Clint Eastwood. Actually, Clint Eastwood was going to do it with Beyonce. Right. Yeah. And Beyonce dropped out, and then when they wanted to do Lady Gaga, Clint Eastwood dropped out, and Bradley Cooper decided <laughs> to direct as well as star. So, but yeah, uh, but Allison makes a really good point. Yeah. I assume that we all know what happens in the story. And so the trailer's pretty perfect because all of the nostalgic parts are hit. Yeah, it hits your heart. But then to your yeah. part, you're just like, well, why would I see that? It's boring. So I why? Just, I don't think I'm going to buy their chemistry from what I saw. Mm. Interesting. I that's important. I'm not too. buying it. Yeah. The well, whole when I heard the casting, I, that's what I thought too. It's like, are they going to be able On to do their yeah. chemistry? Yes. yes. But I never thought that he was going to have chemistry with Jennifer Lawrence either. Bradley Cooper? Yeah. But he's had it in the past. And three mm-hmm. times a charm, I guess. 
my god we shall see. It's anyway. a heavy. It's a heavy thing to take on. Is Gaga to take could on that win movie. two Oscars for this, right? Because yeah. yeah. she wrote that song. Yeah. Right? yeah, she wrote the song. She's got the song. Oh, yeah. And then Lord. he'll probably She's win got the for evergreen. newcomer director. <laughs> when any big time actress does no makeup, they're vying yeah. for an Oscar. Yeah. That's all there is. Like that's all there is to it. Yeah. We're calling her a big time actress. Yeah. I'm sorry. A, a, a big a big name like a big pop, pop culture name, like when Mariah Carey was in <laughs> Glitter. Pre- Precious. Glitter. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, so who here is going to see the movie? I am. Uh, uh, oh, wow. Uh, if, it's, if, I, if I can get into a screener, I'll go. <laughs> so three, four, and two down. That's very interesting, especially if, coming from you. I'm not interested. Not interested. Interesting. have to say. This movie might be in trouble. I thought it was going to be a, a Oh, a I don't think it is. But Allison, you don't think like the young crowd's going to go just to see Gaga? Oh, yeah, sure. I, I, don't, I can't speak for the youth. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's so adorable. Okay, so uh, wh- I like that you just did that too. Yeah. You're like, I'm not gonna speak for people I can't speak for. I like that. No, and that's what I love about Just Between Us. That's her YouTube channel. Yeah. It's evolved yep. from the skits, and now it's 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 you and your friend just talking about real issues from OCD to getting fat to all that. And it's not like. Yeah. You guys are just talking about it like you would talk with a friend, and we in entertainment know we don't got time for friends, <laughs> especially to talk about real issues. Um, okay, so the other trailer I want to look at, and this has a lot of controversy mm. behind it, is yeah. a Bohemian Rhapsody uh, starring uh, from Mr. Robot. Uh, I never know how to pronounce his name. Rami. Rami Malik. Yes. Yeah. I just right. saw him at Toast. <gasps> With Ooh. his girlfriend, and they were uh, canoodling. <laughs> Is he still there? <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> oh, God. It was that, very thrilling. So that's yeah. the one that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen dropped out of? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Why did he drop out? Because he didn't agree with, uh, they didn't reach a, an agreement with the band, with the band members. Oh. Band members didn't like him. Yeah. Oh. Because yeah. no, they, 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 wanted, they wanted the story to continue after... Uh, no, he dies, and he he said, look, "No, the story. He is the star of the. He's the point of the story. The story cannot go on after he dies. It's not about the band. It's about him." Interesting. Yeah, and he he's talking about the band members from the original. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Queen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and there's a lot of controversy as to where the story has ended up. Let's take a look at the trailer. Yes. Um, has anybody seen this trailer? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Also, okay. Oh, good. No. <laughs> oh, you have. Okay. All right. So let's watch. And again, this has a very retro movie trailer feel. Yeah, that's not his voice, right? No, it is his Robin voice. Yeah, that's yeah he does his that's own. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he, he captures studied it. studied and studied and studied. Yeah. He has his voice. Mm-hmm. Which I can't believe, actually. No, that is, that is he was a special. He's a special singer, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. When they made the casting announcement, everybody was against it. I was against yeah, it. Yeah, oh, I was I too. This, I was like, like, I could not see him being able to be that. Oh, so you he know, saw the girl in the audience. Big. Sexiness. We see one glimpse of a man. Did you see that? <laughs> you guys have to literally pause it to see that. Yeah. Although that's pretty, you know, accurate. He spent most of his life with that one woman. So now what? Uh, this is when the operatic section comes mm. in. <laughs> the operatic section, yeah. Do you think about that in the 70s that he just like threw that into a song? Like, who comes up with that? Of course, in the 70s, they didn't really song. know what to do with their music. Yeah. Then it was a huge hit. Six minutes. You know, ELO did the whole classical music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's another group. Like, I know which came first, but that was their thing.
Well, yeah, I bet a lot of people would go back and give credit a little bit, maybe to the Beatles and uh, some of the '60s yeah. artists that like really experimented too. But okay, so initial reactions. Seems fun. I didn't get the story. <laughs> I didn't get the story. There's no. There wasn't any arc here. No, no. Yeah. Uh, you got. We got a nice little arc on Bohemian Rhapsody, but right. like his life. Yeah, that's about no, it. Yeah. I mean, they really leaned heavy on that. But again, to appeal to people that don't know the full story, like what we just talked about, the flip side of the other. Like you're excited to see this, and I'm like. Is it going to be all music? Because I really want to know the story. But the story also, the controversy is that they didn't write about uh, AIDS. Straight washing. Like the movie doesn't deal with. It yeah. doesn't? No. no. Well, I ca- so I called a friend today because I was oh, worried about God. this today. Who yes. saw it? Who's seen, okay. who's seen an early oh. screening? Um, now, he's a straight guy. So I, I wasn't, I was questioning him in a way to just like, you know, there's nothing negative about that. I was just like. Straight people a- have feelings ap- too, Michael. I, wa- I needed to say to him, do you, do you appreciate that if, if this was a straight guy, they would treat it maybe differently, and so that's my question. Like, they, the straight guy would be in bed, and they'd be showing all kinds of nudity and everything. Like, but you know, was it like, oh, he walks to a bathroom door and he sees a guy, and they look at each other, and then they go into the bathroom and the door closes? I mean, is it like that? And he said, well, it's a little like that, but you know, they they show his lifestyle, they show the partying, they show that he de- gets AIDS, he goes oh, to a clinic. Oh, they did show. Yeah, and he died. You know, they had to explain it. So stuff how did too. that how did that rumor get started that it was that well, it was excised? Many articles. Yeah, yeah, it's been in a lot of articles, and I bet you know. So I bet you know. I'm interested to see it as a gay man, and see how it contrasts with that person's you know yeah. viewpoint of it. Um, there was also, you know, the controversy because Brian Singer was directing it for a long time and then hit a rough patch and disappeared. wasn't showing up to set. the set. Yeah, and they had to they had to get a new director that came in. They're both still credited on the movie. Who but was the, the second one? Uh, what was his name? His name is... I, I forget. Uh, I can't remember his name. But it was like two <laughs> weeks that Brian Singer didn't show up and it was during Thanksgiving holiday and so they had to film some scenes without any directors because of budget stuff. Oh, it's De- Dexter Fletcher. Dexter Fletcher. So I Dexter actually think Fletcher? I think he's a second, been actor? a second unit director a lot when he's been directing. So like he, they brought in a second director. That's a big chance of a movie like this. Sixteen days of filming. Yeah. So, but you know, there's again we'll the influence of the band. They don't want to. I mean, I don't know them, but they, I, I'm assuming they don't want to make the story about AIDS. They want to make the story about their band. Queen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. So. Sure. And they're producers too, so yeah. they have control. They put the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but and that's a really control. good point. You have a figure that so many different groups take ownership of. True. Like the the early rockers are like the music. The LGBT community is like Freddie, and you know the movie uh, production company is like money. <laughs> 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 you know, so. no, yeah. they, these guys know him the most. I mean, that's, yeah. they're yeah. his family. Yeah. So kind of got to give them credit or something. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. looks, though, I was against that casting. I was like, I was like, oh, how he, is he gonna look? He looks like him. And and. He looks the, great. The yeah. Except Even his body looks like him in the way he. You know. Except for that, and except for that denture, except for that, <laughs> that, that little gap here, a big gap. Well, just that, and uh. it's clear that it's quite, you know, lugubrious. It's yeah, like yeah. it's really, <laughs> it's really coming out of on his lip. Oh my gosh, it's too much. <laughs> All right, let's get the show on the road, Michael. Right. Thank you so much for bringing those trailers to Ooh. our attention. Let's see, let, let's see what happens. Uh, a quick shout out to our sponsors, Test Loop. Of course, Test Loop is the only way uh, to travel. In luxury, it's cheaper than an Uber uh, from L.A. to O.C. to San Diego to Las Vegas to Palm Springs. Go to testloop.com. Uh, Pride Shoes, it is Pride season for all your Pride wear. Go to <laughs> prideshoes.org. They give back to the community. Um, and 11 Makeup for Men. 11 Makeup for Men. I just spent the weekend with the founder. Um, you guys, straight gay men, we can cover up our blemishes and look good and natural <laughs> while doing it. Is it so. vegan? 
It is vegan. It's a, and I knew nice. you were going to ask that. It's 100% vegan, and it actually uh, helps clear skin up. There's vitamins mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And for straight guys, you just put on a little bronze, bronzer or just a little powder to cover up your... Why do women get to look decent when they leave the house? You know, when we've had a rough night or when we're filming for a long day and we're on the red carpet and we're like, uh, you can wear makeup. It's fine. Do you approve the democratization of makeup? Sure. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't really care what other people do as long as they're not hurting people. <laughs> Would you want your boyfriend to be walking around wearing makeup? Um, I've dated boys who've worn makeup, yeah. They cover up. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little. A little dabble, do you? I'm not talking about, like, put on false eyelashes, you know. Uh, and makeup started out, uh, it's talking about Stargate, uh, the Egyptian men were the ones that were wearing uh-huh. the makeup, and then it went to the women. There you and go. And we know heels started with men, right? I didn't know sure. that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because it was in how the how did we end up with it? Yeah, that's it's great. awful. <laughs> because you they guys real, knew how, realize to, how, how hard to work it. Was. it. <laughs> we're like we don't have to do this, oh, and men no. were like walking around like this. And women are like, as usual, women are like, let me do it. I'll, I'll make it look good. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> um, all right, let me introduce our panel of amazing entertainers today. Um, Elam Orion, right? Yes. Uh, was born in Cleveland, Ohio, to Israeli parents of Polish, Russian, and Romanian descent. Soon after his birth, the family moved back to Israel, where he grew up as an artistic kid, taking up painting, sculpting, photography, and playing the guitar. But it wasn't until after his military service of four and a half years that he decided to give art uh, a serious try, and he enrolled in Tel Aviv University Film School. And a short film he made there won several prizes and was later shown at the Cannes Film Festival. He returned to the U.S. to study acting at the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute, and later the Stella Adler Acting Studio of Acting in New York. I would be so scared to be in a scene with you. I'd be like, ah. I know, right? Even like a commercial, I'd be like, ah. Colgate, Colgate, okay, what's my my motivation? Um, (laughs) While a student at the Strasberg Institute, he was hired to organize and preserve Strasberg's extensive collections of materials on acting. I I can't even imagine. A position he held for nine years uh, before starting to teach there. And upon graduating, he made his TV debut in the A&E miniseries, Between the Lines, hosted by Robert Downey Jr., where he joined the ranks of Hillary Clinton, John Goodman, and Priscilla Presley in reading unknown letters written by famous people, which I love the concept of this. And his uh, his letter was a love letter written by young Adolf Hitler. Like, it's oh, what, wow. what a circle yeah. of life and what an amazing... Wow. Uh, we're going to talk about that because I, I can't even wrap my head up around that. Uh, he's enjoyed multiple co-star and guest star roles on such shows as 30 Rock, Code Black, NCIS, Los Angeles, Shooter, and The Guest Book, which I love The Guest Book, now in season two. He also filmed a supporting role uh, opposite Rosamund Pike in the upcoming thriller Three Seconds and the series regular role of the villain, Wilhelm. Now, how do you pronounce the last name? Brugge. 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 Which means bridge in German. Oh, it's not. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's oh, a gate and a bridge. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the new installment of the Stargate franchise, and you guys, Stargate is one of my favorite franchises because it's it's yeah, so Stargate's just fun great. and intelligent, and um, and then people are sexy. Um, so, <laughs> Stargate Origins, which we're going to talk about. Uh, he's also an animal rights activist and is instrumental in National Animal Rights Day around the world. He's vegan, but we still love him. Welcome, Alum. <laughs> 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 Also joining us, Allison Raskin. Allison grew up in New York and then moved to the country to get a uh, to the country. <laughs> wow! It feels like a separate country. Yeah. <laughs> <Then> moved <laughs> to California to get a BFA in screenwriting from USC. She writes and stars in the popular YouTube comedy channel Just Between Us with her best friend and comedy partner Gabby Dunn. The channel has over 100 million total views and over 750,000 subscribers. Uh, she has worked as a writer actress for BuzzFeed and SourceFeed and starred in Full Screen's uh, Party in the Back. Most recently 
Recently, uh, she co-created and starred in a pilot for MTV, has developed original half-hour pilots with 20th Century Fox, FX, and YouTube Red. Uh, Allison and Gabby's debut novel, I Hate Everyone But You, which I love, uh, <laughs> became an instant New York Times bestseller. And her latest project, debuting June 14th, is the scripted podcast Gossip. Three unlikely female friends meet each other uh, each week to drink coffee and share the latest gossip floating around their not-so-traditional suburban town, Golden Acres. The gay reboot is the Abbey on Sundays in West Hollywood. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Welcome, Allison Raskin! Thank Woo-hoo. you! <laughs> and rounding out our panel today, Jason Powell is an actor-singer living in Los Angeles and co-host of the popular podcast Lady Watch with Ryan and Jason, uh, with Ryan O'Connor, who has been on our show, yes. uh, billed as the only podcast dedicated to celebrating women over the age of 50, which mm-hmm. I love. Correct. Uh, regional theater credits include Cabaret as the MC, You're in Town, Bobby Strong, Rent as Mark, Alexander, and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, which was my day before this show, Alexander. <laughs> uh, Peter and the Wolf as Peter, and A Thousand Cranes as Kenji. Uh, he can currently be seen at the Hollywood Fringe Festival in his show, The Book That I'm Going to Write by Judy Garland, a new play adapted from private spoken word recordings made by Judy Garland in 1964 and 1967 in preparation of her writing uh, her memoirs down. Which, if you haven't, well, we're going to talk about it, but if you mm. haven't heard these tapes, it's heartbreaking, it's hilarious, and it's it's the glimpse into Judy Garland. Allison, I have to ask, I went on a date the other day, and oh. like, I didn't know who Judy Garland was. I know who Judy Garland okay. is. I well, I listened to um, that podcast. You must remember this. Yeah, and they had a really great mm. episode on a you couple bet. episodes on her, and I had no idea how horrible her life was. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty Not rough. Fun. Yeah, clang yeah. clang clang went her Charlie. Uh, so please welcome our panel for today. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to talk about the first time that you guys noticed that you were gaining some some traction in, in what you do. Like, Allison, doing viral videos and I working for BuzzFeed, we had the cast of Peril Like in here. Oh, um, great. And we had such a fun time. And, of course, working for BuzzFeed. But what's that moment when you first realized that your video went viral and people were paying attention? Well, mine was a little different because I got the job at BuzzFeed. So it was like sort of like once you knew you were going to be in BuzzFeed videos, you knew people were going to watch them. Um, but yeah, I remember like being in New York with my mom and like, <laughs> and like I took like an Instagram photo and I posted it and like within like a minute it had like 30 likes and my mom was like, oh my God. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> <laughs> and like looking back now, like the amount of likes that photo got, like if that happened now, I'd be like, I'm dead. My career's over. <laughs> like, you know, but at that time it was like the first time it was happening and it was so exciting. <laughs> and the question I got uh, many times from you via email is how did you get involved with BuzzFeed? Everybody now wants to get involved with BuzzFeed. It's not like it was before. Like Curly V from BuzzFeed was a receptionist there. Yeah. And he worked his way up. How, how did you I get remember involved? when he got hired. Um, I So Gabby knew this producer guy from like years before. Didn't even really knew, know him, like met him. For whatever reason, like, well, I guess she's great. So he asked her to like do a residency. And that means like six weeks of just like working there and then like see ya. Um, and then I was in one of her videos and they asked, and I had to like pitch some stuff and then they just like asked me to do a residency. And then we just happened to be there at the time when they were starting the scripted department. Mm-hmm. And so we actually got hired as writers for that department. Um, and that became a nightmare. And then we left. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were your biggest takeaways from working at BuzzFeed? Um, I think um, that a company is not your friend. Mm. And, you know, also that like good things can happen, but that doesn't mean they need to like last forever. Mm. That I, I love you saying that it must be so difficult um, 
to know when to leave a project or leave something, mm-hmm. especially when it has some some clout and you're getting this like when's the right time? We see these actors that leave, like David Caruso leaving NYPD Blue, <laughs> but then and we're like, oh, poor, poor guy. But then we see George Clooney leaving ER, and you know he's not hurting. You know <laughs> right. that that must be such a tough decision. Do you listen to your agents? Do you listen to your managers? Do you listen to your gut? Do you listen to your fans? Who do you listen to? I think you have to f- realize if you're if you're happy. You know, like I would I would they put us in this attic without any windows. And like I wasn't allowed to do anything like I wasn't allowed to be in videos because I could only be in scripted videos and scripted wasn't making any videos. And I just sat there all day long doing absolutely nothing. And so I I like from an outside perspective, it was like, oh, wow, you work at BuzzFeed. That's amazing. But my day to day existence was miserable. And so I think like when when, like that happens, then, you know, you got to get out. (laughs) I feel like you're talking about the CIA because everybody (laughs) is afraid to talk about. BuzzFeed and I, the reality. Yeah, it took me years to be able to talk about it. Interesting. <laughs> Publicly. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> yeah. I still think Zay Frank is going to murder me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Alem, when, when your short film that you made in Israel, when it started to get all this buzz and then going to Cannes Film Festival, was it seeing the picture like on the screen that you finally felt or, or when did you first kind of get a clue that, hey, this, this is working out? Well, actually, that film didn't really work out. I mean, it was oh. screened at the short film corner of uh, the Cannes Film Festival, but I, I felt like a nobody there. I mean, can, have you been to Cannes? Uh, no. It's, it's like a... <laughs> no, it's, it's insane. It's like a circus. I mean, there's a gazillion people. Yeah. And you're... I was alone there. You don't get into all the cool cool parties. Mm. You don't get all onto all the yachts that are docking there and having parties. But it looks so good on your resume. I know. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't know anybody, and you're walking around there, hey, I have a short film. Everybody's like, oh, really? Tell us about it. Uh, yeah. Everybody there has a film. Everyone's. And so I felt like a little mouse there, literally. So on the one hand, I'm at the Canton Festival, but I felt like lonely, like a nobody. Uh, so that wasn't one of my wins. I mean, okay. it, um, yeah, I mean. It was yeah. a horrible experience, yeah. it sounds like. <laughs> no, it, it, You're like, thanks for bringing it up. You should have brought it up, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I made friends with some homeless people. And <laughs> them. Oh, wow. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, but I think it's like and how your close friends. your hotel is to right. everything. Yeah. If you're like sharing with five other people, you probably have not made right. it. So when, when was the first time that you, that, that you kind of felt that click? Well, literally just with, with, uh, with Stargate. Because, you know, I've been working, I've done, you know, roles on shows for like years in, in Israel and then in New York and then moving here uh, six years ago. But literally with Stargate, that was the first time that I kind of, you know, I got a series regular role and I kind of got like fans. I have like fans now around the world and I'm going to a convention in the UK in November. And, you know, well, I'm kind of becoming friends with them and it's like I'm, I'm knowing them on a personal basis. And, uh, you know, people follow me on Instagram and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, there's no better fans or maybe even worse fans than, than sci-fi fans because they will be all over you and they'll be devoted to you for the rest of your Well, life. that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I, I got to exactly know right. every little yeah. thing because they know everything so oh, well. Yeah, yeah. So if, if I don't match, the, they call the canon, the Stargate yeah. canon. Mm. If I don't match that, I'm out. So well, and like uh, mm-hmm. like sci-fi fans will be like in episode fifty-nine. Why did you press the red button and not the blue button? The right. blue button l- loosens up the yeah. trash, and you you know that's the I, worst part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so one of the questions I got from a Stargate fan was, were you scared to take on the role, knowing fans also, and just like on uh, YouTube and Instagram, fans can be so mean and very vocal, especially with something that they hold on to so much, like if they love all your episodes and then maybe a fan doesn't like one of the episodes that you've done on YouTube, or they're such a big Stargate fan and they didn't like the origin story to begin with, were you scared to take on the role in that franchise? Not really, because you know, actually everything was under wraps, like really hush-hush. We didn't know that it was Stargate. It had a different code name, the whole project. Even my agent didn't know what that was. So everything was like kind of, even SAG didn't know. 
it was like a different yeah. code name. Um, so only when we got to filming and we kind of it dawned on us that we're doing Stargate, and th there was this cloud around set like, oh, we gotta make it right, we gotta make it accurate. Every yeah, every prop there are in episode three of uh, SG One. Didn't yeah. they say they we ruined it already? We can't use it or. So there was that scare around, but I, I wasn't personally, I, I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know how big the fan base is. I didn't know how on, on top of everything they are. But so far, I got to say, they're, to me, they're really nice. I mean, some people kind of killed the show and said, oh, it's stupid, it's childish. And some even, people even said, oh, the Nazi guys, come on, they're stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> most of the fans that I interact with, they, they like me and my character, so I'm just grateful, yeah. Great. Now, along those same lines, Jason, taking on uh, you're doing a word-for-word -word recreation of uh, the recordings that have been uncovered of, of Judy Garland. Yes. C can you just explain to our listeners who might not be familiar with sure. these tapes, uh, what the tapes are, where they came from? Absolutely. In the uh, in the 1960s, Judy Garland was trying everything she could she to broke. Yep, to uh, to feed her children, and she was actually pretty hot off the heels of not only Carnegie Hall, but another Oscar nomination for uh, Judgment at Nuremberg, as well as as the Judy Garland show, which did a full season on CBS. No, everybody said that she would fail miserably. She wouldn't show up. She did a whole season, and she didn't walk away from it. CBS did, and that uh, is a huge win. Um, and uh, uh, another one of her uh, checks that she cashed was uh, the advance on a memoir, which was a, a hugely compelling idea. Um, she had one of the most storied careers in Hollywood history, and certainly one of the most abusive ones. Um, and you know, the publisher told her um, that maybe the, you're such a great raconteur, maybe the best way to do this is to simply sit in a room alone with a tape recorder, get your thoughts out. We can send that to a ghostwriter. He'll help you organize it. We'll work on a manuscript. We'll start to piece it together. And that's exactly what she did. Uh, she did it pretty late at night after a few... In fact, in many of the recordings, you can hear the glass clinking. Yep. Mm. She has somebody there helping her to make her drinks. Mm. and yeah. yeah, and the later ones, there is somebody there. Because yeah. the, the first round she did in 1964, and those are those are pretty rough to listen to. Yes. She has a lot of recriminations. She has a lot of... She has got a lot of revenge fantasies. And then many years later, well, three years later in 1967, they tried again and tried to put somebody in the room with her to kind of wrangle her. Let's see if we can maybe, <laughs> let's guide you a little bit. But that seemed like she was someone easily wrangled. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. She's going to go where she wants yeah. to go. Um, so, but they were lost. These tapes, the memoir was never made. She, of course, died in 1969 at the age of 47. Terribly tragic. And for 30 years, these tapes were in obscurity somewhere in a vault and mysteriously in the year 2000 they simply resurfaced as a bootleg on ye old internet trading post of uh, eBay. I, I bought it off of eBay. You bet. I bought it for $85 and this was... That was a lot of money. It was I didn't worth buy it, it to me. Nearly I was, that much. I mean, I, I still am <laughs> such a, a Judy Garland wow. fan. And it's not just like, oh, I love her. Her voice will, is, is unbeatable. I don't care who tries to do her movie. Oh, yeah, we no, know she, Renee Zogar is doing her movie. But she has a certain voice like singers like Janis Joplin or, or Stevie Nicks. There's just something with that texture and that mm. storytelling, which is number one. Very human cannot, voice. Very human. Yeah. You know that she couldn't read one note of, mm. of music. I don't read music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's what it's she in says. there. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, on the radio show, we've been blessed. Uh, we had uh, uh, 
Karen Cadle, uh, who became a publicist to stars, but her time on CBS Studio, she snuck on to the studio as mm. a young girl because Judy was was filming CBS. You bet. And the guard caught her, and he said the only way w- would be uh, to stay here is if Judy signed herself. So there was a little yellow brick road that CBS put towards her trailer, mm-hmm. and she followed the yellow brick road, <laughs> knocked on the trailer, and this man opened it, and it was uh, the music director, not Mel Torme? Mort Lindsay. Mort- oh, or, or, or Mel Torme. It, it, it was Mel. And Judy was like, who is that? And it says, some girl wants to see herself. So she came out, and she grabbed a piece of paper, and she signed Judy Garland. So that girl, who became, like I said, this huge publicist for every uh, mm-hmm. legendary actress, got to see every dress rehearsal and live taping of CBS. It's a lot. She would show up two, three hours late to dress rehearsal, hour, two hours late to actually film it. And uh, John Mayer was on the show and he wrote a book. He was her last music director pretty much before, uh, a year before her last. And uh, he wrote that song for her, I'm Gonna Hate Myself in the Morning. But this book is about how Judy literally had no money and they would go poverty stricken from hotel to hotel ringing up because at that time you could say put it on my tab put it on my mm-hmm. tab and they would just disappear this night and go to the next club and she'd perform at gay clubs wherever they could just it, it was catch as catch can yeah absolutely but yeah it's definitely it's sacrosanct to people to I mean like you know to get up on stage and perform these things is people hold it very dear I hold it very dear I mean it's it's sacred ground for sure and I hope I treat it that way so that same fear with like entering this huge uh, sci-fi universe. Yeah. Weren't you scared out of your wits to say, hey, I'm going to do this because. No, I wasn't. <laughs> oh. No, because. Go, Jason. No, because, because I feel that I have, I've earned a place at this table. Oh. I've certainly put in the time and, and the work and the energy. And I mean, I'm not, it's a total cliche, but I, she's my, she is my number one. <laughs> she is everything. No. I use her as a higher power sometimes, and uh, you know it was it 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 did not feel like anything I was going to screw up. I I was not afraid of any criticism. I I'll take it. I'll listen to it. But you know I it might not. Some, some big guts. I I have to say I don't I don't yeah. as much as like yeah. I I so I went to like a psychic and they're like, is there anybody you'd want to contact? And I said Judy Garland. And mm-hmm. they're like. Bitch, please. <laughs> um, let's hear a little bit of the tapes. Oh, great. Um, and Kurt, make sure the sound is up real loud. Um, j- just to give us a, a little sense of, of yeah. It's very difficult for Irving. It's all well and good for you people, publishers. Now, this is not to be included in my book. For Irving, the Tsar tape, just tape 50 uh, pages, and it would be taken off the tape. But you can't write how nervous my hands get or how lost I might get when I have to remember because I went through five years of psychoanalysis going back over a life that was no good to begin with, no fun, and it's a little good. I'm doing it purely for money because I deserve it. I've sung. I've entertained, I've pleased your children, I've pleased your wives, I've pleased you, you sons of bitches! And you can't deny that! So that's just, and it, it goes on and on. She talks about her kids and, you know, she's slurring her words. So for some, and there are some comedic parts without it meaning to be comedic in that her personality really does come out where she was that good time gal. She wanted to just have a good time. Um, 
how, and I got this message in, in many different ways, is how did you balance, there's a fine line between having respect for somebody and still bringing that comedic quality of hearing Judy be Judy. Mm-hmm. You know, like we hear, we see the Liza and Judy impressions and it's like, oh, I mean, I do it on the show and it's always the sure. drunk Judy because that's the fun Judy. But there's a fine line between that and having respect for this woman. So how, how did you put that together in your show? Honesty and truth. That's <laughs> all it is. And I I was meticulous with the adaptation. I mean, this, nobody's ever transcribed this. Like, you couldn't find it. And thank God for it because it was a reason for me to sit down and listen to every syllable. Like she changes course in the middle of a sentence, in the middle of a word. Yeah. And I would make sure that I would get every consonant and vowel that actually came out of her mouth, put a dash there, start the new thought, and I would memorize that and I just was really concerned with making sure that I am representing truthfully and honestly whatever whatever feelings and thoughts she was having in that moment and that's one of the reasons why I mean this show I don't do it in drag because it's not about that well and number one I'm so one, thankful I, I cannot see another Judy tribute true with somebody dressed up like Judy no mm-hmm. well number one I, I don't I can't do drag I don't have the bone structure or the skin <laughs> or anything <laughs> and I don't look like her so great 11 makeup for men it allowed me it allowed me a reason to, to just let the let the words and the and the intention do all the work for me and that's was the saving grace that's, of it that's really a great so, so choice. in the show are you reading the no or are you just no acting them out? i'm acting them out they've i've had them memorized for close to 20 years now <laughs> Wow. and it was it's been a long time it's been almost 18 years that i've been that had kicking around this show and it's only just this last few months that i've decided to toss it up see what happens and the feedback has been amazing i am so grateful I was ask you what the feedback has been. i mean really it's a ter- it is a terrifying thing i don't want to make it i don't want to discount it and make it sound like i was just you know like nothing but hubris but i genuinely was a there was trepidation but the the people who have seen it really have validated that you know i am getting it i feel that i am getting it something that's a little honest and true and it cuts close to the bone and that's what makes people laugh uncomfortably but also yes her humor her amazing spirit it comes through just in repeating her words with a cadence yeah, yeah. and alem i want to bring this over to your acting the whole fact that for nine years doing research and organizing the Lee Strasberg documents regarding acting, and then you're an acting teacher yourself, um, bringing this whole idea to like the Strasberg method, or you worked also with Estella Adler, how would you develop a character like that? Where would you start with that? Would you start with the personality, Judy herself? Would you start with the script, so to speak, itself? Where, where would you start? Hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting because, so I work <coughs> in the archive of the, of the Lee Strasberg Institute, and I also trust, transcribed a lot of his lectures. Sure. So I, I know what you went through. I, I would literally sit down with a tape and write down every word Lee says, and mm-hmm. and I kind of learned so much about him. So now I allow myself, after many years, to teach it, teach the method, because I really know the guy mm. so well. For nine years, I ate, dreamt, and slept Lee Strasberg. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, few people in Hollywood can say that. Right. No. But you know, the the, met- the method has a weird name right now. You know, in 50s, 60s, 70s, that was it. Everybody wanted to be a method act- actor. And now yeah. people think that method means being crazy, gaining weight, losing weight. Mm. Which well, is nothing of those to do- few actors that sort of made it a thing. Yeah, but you like, know, it's like a funny thing. Is, yeah. of most yeah. of them, like Robert De Niro, Marlon Brando started this trend and they actually started with Adler mostly. So it, mo- it was mm. more a style yeah. Adler thing to r- do research on your character and then just took it a step further. So Robert De, Nir- De Niro became a cab driver for a taxi driver, for real. But Lee, Lee I, I even have 
I remember him saying on tape, this, you know, doing the literal thing is not acting, not going killing somebody if you're about to play a killer. <laughs> right. It's not the right thing. Mm -hmm. That's not acting. So anyway, the method has a really twisted name now, and I'm one of the things that I do, I give lectures at SAG and other places about what the method really is. So to bring it back to your, your question, the, me the method approach would be if you're about to take a character, kind of looking into your, it's all about memory, sense mm -hmm. memory. Mm. And sense memory is a technique to get in, to tap into those memories. But what about my life if I experience that is similar to this? So what, what's the essence of this? This is like she's going through now betrayal, uh, anger, feeling worth, worthless, or whenever I ever felt that, and then you tap into it using this very specific technique called sense memory, you relive it to an extent, you get those emotions, those feelings, and then you just dump it on the, on the script, on the, on the mm. scene. And nobody needs to know where, that you're getting it from your own life, your own memories. Because uh, it fits what's going on with your character. You have real emotions, real behavior. Uh, so I think that was the question, right? How would you go about to... Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's some pretty heavy stuff. Right. It now, is. Alem, what you do in your role on Stargate, I mean, it's a pretty heavy character. You play a Nazi um, <laughs> in sci-fi who's a bit vain, yeah. Um, who's a bit comedic, by the way, which we know in every sci-fi piece, you have to have that element because it keeps things interesting. It keeps yeah. things humane. I want to take a look at, uh, at one of your scenes from, um, from Stargate Origins. Soon, all shall bear witness. Wait. No, wait. Angle, the angle is better from over here. Okay, it's your best side. This side? <laughs> and everyone has one side better than the other. <laughs> You too? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, no. Turn. Mm. It's the other side. Yeah. Both sides are perfectly the same. Okay, come. Come, come. <coughs> Commence with the final sequencing. Jawohl. Bist du bereit? No interrupting. Soon all shall bear witness to the great power like no one has ever seen before. Waiting for someone like me to awaken it from its eons of slumber. There we go. <coughs> Such a fun role, like I said. Feels it's, a little it's Raiders of the Lost Ark there, right? <laughs> yeah. like, the well, like in a great way, like the costumes and the. It's so rich, feel. and um, I just love that it, that it's uh, the origin story of, of of the franchise. And like I said, what you mix uh, acting wise with it has, has so many layers, which I love. Um, you know, we were talking about the Tonys earlier. Did you see John Leguizamo's uh, presentation? No. He talked about Strasberg, but his really? experience with Strasberg and not being yeah. an accomplished actor when he worked, when he came across him, and yeah, it was a very interesting. So, if you get the chance so, to go, Strasberg was was like a you know he was like a small Jewish man, but he was really mean to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. He was really harsh on them, but then a lot of people loved him to death because he really he was both like really harsh, but also really loving to to his actors. Mm -hmm. So the actors that could go pad beyond his like harsh you know words like he would say darling nah you're doing all wrong darling everybody was darling for him so it yeah. wasn't very personal 
But the ones that stuck with it, with it and kind of be, went beyond the harshness were like his best friends, best disciples forever, like Pacino, you know, De Niro. Yeah. Well, he already did, he always did, like you're saying, I mean, he did it with intention. Like there wasn't, it wasn't just mean for mean's sake. He was trying to challenge yeah, it, people. It's like the old Jewish way, you know, best, the Jewish yeah. kind of grumpy Jewish Tough old man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. He, it's out of love. He really cared for, for these sure, actors. He wanted them sure. to get it. He wanted them to, you know, yeah. get, yeah. We, we Represent had, uh, him well. Yeah. yeah. And we had Anne DeSalvo on the show last month and she was an Arthur, of course, with Dudley Moore. Mm -hmm. Her first feature film as a young person was playing Lee Strasberg's Daughter. And she had no acting, in which anything. Which I forget what the film's name is. It, it's on her IMDb, but hmm. she remembers. She was like, oh, my God, Lee Strasberg's playing daughter. And to his point, and to your point, is that she had no no preconceived anything. And so she just sat there and learned and learned. And he taught and taught. And she's a tough broad, so she learned that, <laughs> she too. Sure and, she, and she's done very well. She's a good little actress, too, yeah. Um, and so we're talking about... You know your role and the role of women, and and Allison, I want to ask you this: in your industry, which is somewhat foreign to me, you know, I love content creating through the podcast, and you know, I'm a musical theater person, um, but what you what you do is so specific with with the YouTube channel, um, and now with your podcast coming up. Has the role of women in your section of the industry, um, you were talking about equality and empowerment, is that so much of an issue in content creation? I mean, I think it, it's always an issue to be a woman. Like, it's, <laughs> um, I mean, for me, like, finding my voice, I, you know, doing stand-up a few years ago, like, you know, like, it was very much like, oh, well, I don't want to just be funny to women, or on my improv team in college, it was, I was the only girl, and I was so proud of that, and I didn't want other girls to be on the team, and... Now I'm just like, oh my god! I only want to work with women. <laughs> um, no offense to every male in this room. I don't. Um, blame <laughs> <you>. <laughs> um, but blame yeah, I mean, I I feel like, especially honestly, one of the things I learned at BuzzFeed was that you want women, you want your audience to be women because women are sharers and women mm -hmm. are, you know, like they would tell us that like, oh, a man would watch a video and he would just watch the video and be like, cool, and a woman would watch the video and be like, oh, this is great and like share it to her friend, you know, so like they yeah. just have this power where they just, when they like something, it just it just spreads and they like, and they're so, you can see that with like what's going on with like that Ocean's 8 has yeah. the yeah. most successful, like they are the fans that you want and that I crave and, um, and so it, it's interesting, like right now I'm writing a movie, um, and it's a male protagonist, and I'm having a hard time. <laughs> like I'm, I'm really, ha I like I have not written something that is not a female protagonist since I was in college. Wow. I think the I feel like the world is actually becoming a, a place for women to be their best selves. Where before it was always forcing women to somehow like hide their best yeah. selves and and then to turn on each other. Well, I was and, just. Yeah. I was no, go ahead. No, please. No, it's about you. It's about you, not about me. I, just, I always come on these things and I'm like, don't interrupt, Allison. Don't interrupt. No, interrupt me all you want. Uh, but yeah, like I was driving today and I was listening to an old Taylor Swift song and it was, it's called Better Than Revenge. And uh -huh. it was, it just slut shamed and it was so anti-women and it was like, and I mean, she's not from the 50s. Like that, that song came out like within the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And like now if a song like that with those lyrics came out, everyone would be up in arms. Yeah. And it's just so amazing. Like even how my brain has changed in the last five years about the way that I look at things and what I what I find acceptable what I find to be like derivative and um, 
and it's exci- it's an exciting place to be, but we're very far from where we need mm-hmm. to be. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that like from the time Mean Girls came out as a movie to the time now it's on Broadway, the the themes changed. Yeah, and it has That's all really that. It all has it yeah. says the same highlights of the movie you want to see, but there's songs and there's dialogue that reinforces women treating each other better right. and being each other's champions, and it's just a wonderful show. And it actually is so much better a show because of the women are written in that way and the story's written that way. It just, yeah. Which is great, but when I see Mean Girls, what I love are like the mean, nasty parts because... Oh, it's there, but now they learn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And with the role of women, also what I love what you've done with with Gossip um, is because I know that you're a fan of like Desperate Housewives and Devious Maids. um, And you've done, talking about like old time Hollywood, this new <laughs> podcast scripted, you know, this new f- uh, format for podcasts to have a scripted podcast. What it is basically. It's a radio play. It's a radio yeah. play yeah. before yeah. TV. Yeah. And all the, Judy Garland did the radio show. Everything old is new again. Yeah. George yeah. Burns, you know, all People of these People are stuff. like, this is so crazy. And yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You're like, we don't need budget for us. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, and so gossip is, it's what we would love, like the fun parts from Mean Girls or from Desperate Housewives. The cast of characters that you've created, uh, number one, um, how, how did you assemble this cast? We have Beth Littleford um, is in it, and uh, Victoria Rowell, of, and I grew up watching her on soap operas, actually. How did you get this cast together, and where did you come up? Um, I know that you were like, okay, let's do a scripted series, and soap opera came to mind, but how did you come up with these storylines? Oh, I wish I had a better answer for that. Um, I'm very much just like get the thing done. Like I don't really wait to be inspired. <laughs> so I mean, I knew I knew that I kind of knew I wanted to do a soap, like a comedic soap, and so then I just needed to come up with a narration device, which is these three women talking, and then you bleed into the scenes. And then for the scenes, honestly, just like for a month or two, I was just sort of like writing down like crazy things that could happen, or if like someone told me a story of something that had happened, you know. So like episode two. Um, the plot is sort of that, like, this older woman, like, uh, Airbnb's her home, and she comes home and finds that they, they're cooking meth in her kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that was something that someone told me happened to their friend's mom. Oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, crazy. like, the moment I heard that, I was like, well, that's going in the show. <laughs> wow. You know, and obviously, wow. like, you embellish, and when she came home, it wasn't like they weren't still there. Like, she just found remnants, but, like, and then that you take that and you run with it. And then, for me, I was like, well... Who, who would do this? And instead of like, you know, your typical drug dealers, it was like two uppity gay British men like, <laughs> who try to like pull a fast one on her. <laughs> I love British men doing math. Yeah. yeah. I make them interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Allison, let's listen to a little, a, a little uh, uh, hint of, of, of gossip. Go okay, ahead, great. Yeah. Welcome to Golden Acres, a slice of suburban heaven where no one mows their own lawn. Children and parents share their Adderall prescriptions, and rumors spread faster than HPV. Oh my God, wait. I can't believe I forgot to tell you this. You haven't even heard what happened to Joanna. Oh Oh my my God, God. did Did you hear? hear? Wait, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I think we're all probably talking about the same thing. Introducing Gossip, a brand new podcast from Stitcher and New York Times bestselling author, Allison Raskin. Follow three unlikely best friends as they meet every week to break down the latest rumors about Golden Acres. I doubt we'll stay in Golden Acres that long anyway. I can't stand a small town. People have nothing better to do than make up stories. Their peers? Celeste is a classic alcoholic. Like, just go to rehab and no one cares. 
and whether or not the local priest is a serial killer. I'm telling you, Father Williams doesn't smile with his eyes. So pull up a chair at Golden Cup Coffee Corner. With rumors so juicy, who cares if they're true? How long has this been going on? Prostitution? Why, it's the oldest profession in the world. No, no, how long has it been going on at Golden Years Retirement Home? Well, let's see. Uh, when did this place open? <laughs> All right, D don't look so shocked, darling. Marty Oldstein, bless his heart, he used to be the top dog. But then he had a stroke and lost control of his right hand. That really opened up a lot of legs for me. That's, that's enough information, thank you. Hey, anytime. It's nice to be used for my mind and not my body for once. I thought you were a neurophysicist. Ah, that was another lifetime. Now, it's all manual labor. Gossip premieres on June 14th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. For more info, go to GossipPodcast.com. And remember, it's all fun and games until they're gossiping about you. Hmm. Am I being paranoid, or are those women over there talking about us? <laughs> yes. Um... And so I also uh, got this question many different ways. Your relationship with Gabby. Yes. You guys are best friends. Uh, you have so much content out there. I have worked, uh, and Michael, you know many of my experiences, working with somebody that you're friends with. Uh, it's horrible, yeah. It's not <laughs> right. great, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I want you to talk about that. and Because you guys are so honest in the videos that you do. And if you have not seen it, go to Just Between Us uh, YouTube channel. Because you guys did a lot of skits in the past. And then it, you guys have guests on your couch. And then it's just kind of conversations with you guys talking about uh, depression, OCD, sexuality. But in such a real way, not like, we're doing a clip for YouTube. You're having this conversation because it's like the time that you can actually sit and do it. But working creatively with somebody that you care so much about and with your best friends, you treat your best friends the worst that you treat <laughs> other people, especially in the business, because you can tell them like F off or I'm, I'm tired or whatever. Yeah. Tell me about some of the challenges of, of working with your best friend and how you overcome those challenges. Um, we have sort of overcome them by no longer working together. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we needed to figure out what, what makes sense for us in terms of working together. And I, I think that... Um, like we were never writing partners in yep. the traditional sense and we sort of were seen as writing partners and soul chose as writing partners in the book and and so that caused a lot of problems because i'm very difficult to work with and a control <laughs> freak um, <laughs> and so it was sort of kind of me like figuring out like what i can survive and so what like and so that was sort of like having to have like a lot of tough conversations with her and, and her with me about sort of like well this is this type of stuff that makes sense for us to do together this is what we want to do separately and also always knowing that we, we were never going to just be a duo and sort of like you know making a name for ourselves on our own I think has helped a lot with the relationship and the friendship oh that's that's a really good honest answer. Usually people go, we love each other, everything's great. <laughs> and they're like texting them, I'm gonna be late. <laughs> Are you a Virgo? Sorry? Are you a Virgo? No, I'm, well, I'm a Gemini, but we've realized just last week that I'm the last day of Gemini and I'm really more of a Cancer. Mm. Oh. Because <laughs> I'm kind of like you, I'm a very <laughs> typical Virgo, OCD, like can't, barely can work with other people. It's like, they always, disappoint me or something oh. <laughs> like the show you didn't say it but you really hit it no but but does that come I mean four and a half years in the military in Israel that's gotta and then you go to entertainment and we know what happens on sets people are late lights are falling down people don't learn their lines like you said nobody's gonna perform the way that you are nobody's gonna work the same way so did those four and a half years did, is that what set you in the way that you work today 
Yeah, it gave me it gave me discipline, and also you know in the animal rights uh, arena, I just a week ago produced this big event called the National Animal Rights Day. We have some so, some, uh, some pictures from it. Uh, That's huge, national. Yeah, well, it's actually international. It's in, uh, was done last week in thirty three cities around the world. Wow! So wow. you know. Congratulations. That's, and that's amazing. And we're all, it's all you. no money, all volunteers. I volunteer. I don't see a cent from it. Wow. But it's and our people, you know, so I have, I have, I'm kind of the headquarters organizer. And yeah. I have people all around the world working with me and organizing local events. And a lot of them, like, want to give up. Oh, I can't. I don't have money. Uh, you know, the authorities are not giving me permits because sometimes we do some extreme things. Not extreme, but sometimes we, we have real dead animals that we hold in our hands in public. Mm. All kind of things that we haven't invented where we've seen it somewhere else. But we're not to shock anybody. We're actually the opposite approach. We, we stand there in public and we hold, like, a little, dead, little pig just for people to see how much they're like your cat or dog or a human baby. But anyway... A lot of people want to quit. When want to quit, and I'm like, no, you cannot quit. You n never quit. That's from the army, you know. When like you're like you, you're about you. I want to quit. I want to quit. No, you can't. You, you gotta finish this obstacle course, or you gotta finish whatever. Um, so yeah, not quitting. You know, always keeping at it, like discipline. I mean, I'm 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 also lazy, and I'm I'm slacking whenever I can. But I think your slacking <laughs> is like my best day. Right. <laughs> uh, my best day with like three lines of coke. <laughs> Which I don't do. Does it look like I do coke? No, that's a joke. But you know, I know I know when when to be serious and when when to be disciplined and when kind of to slack. And in, in terms of org organizing things that a lot of people depend on or on a film set where a lot, a lot of people depending on you knowing your lines or know what's going on, I feel like uh, yeah, I gotta be I gotta be disciplined. Uh, thank God for the military training that kind of allows me to do it. And I know, like, on the set of uh, Stargate Origins, there was a lot of young people that were behind the scenes that were yeah. making this happen. So that must have been... It, it kind of reminds me of, like, when Patrick Stewart, we know when mm -hmm. the first two seasons of Star Trek, he was so serious. Everybody was like, God, what a what a downer. But he wanted everybody to rise to the level. It's like, we're not doing sci-fi. We're acting a role that you got paid for. And so that's what your job is, yeah. not to think it's sci-fi. We can goof around, whatever. And so yeah. they kind of both clicked and like third season is when they clicked he started to have a good time but then the other cast was like you show up on time yeah. you know your lines you treat this like like yeah. a like a real thing yeah. well you know as you all know actors there's a tendency for actors to like you know chit chat and check your phones and in between <laughs> takes goof around yeah. and it's like if you're trying to do a, a serious i mean what the clip we, we've seen is not any any of my serious scenes but if you're trying to do a serious scene right like when you have some real emotion all that you can't, uh, after each day, I go for a run, hey, check my phone and all that. I got to be in the zone. So I know deliberately I kind of became my character a little bit. And it's not method acting, but I kind of, I was kind of removed myself from the chit chat and then, you know, the, the green room, everybody's chit chatting and laughing and checking their Facebook <laughs> and whatever. I kind of stayed in the zone, not completely like, like not Daniel Day-Lewis style, but I, I want to stay in the zone. Otherwise, I'm going to lose it. I can't, I can't switch mm -hmm. it on and off yeah. between takes. I yeah. gotta stay in the zone, do all my takes, and then when I'm done with that, I can be a, like a nice human being. So, yeah, I kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> were you fun at the cast party? Were you like, get crazy, rip yeah, the so shirt the off, and we're like, cast party, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> my, my real nature. But on set, I was kind of in my corner doing my thing, and and kind of you know spoke to people kind of a little bit like a German, you know, German accent, and kind of a. So, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> probably scared the crap out of them, but then they probably roasted their best level. Right. And Jason, like from musical theater, and Michael, we know 
everybody prepares for musical theater in their own way. Like it's like a yeah, joke. Yeah, like yeah, waiting yeah, for yeah, Guffman. Some people just <laughs> I need to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> and then some people are like drinking before, or some people are literally like checking the phone. Whatever. There's so many different ways. Jason, how do you prepare for? Oh, role? I'm a focuser. I'm ex I'm in your camp completely. It mm. drives me nuts during downtime when everybody turns it into a one man show, but they're performing it for other people who are performing their own one man show, mm. and everybody. It's just a cacophony of n nonsense, and it drives me nuts because yeah. I really I, I I'm a very serious person in that regard too. I'm like, you know, can we all just maybe have a little quiet time, just a little bit of focus, just a bit. That surprises me. I have to say, your personality really surprises me because from like your Facebook and Instagram, you're like, wow, crazy. But I'm you a know, nuts. It's fun. I'm a mess of contradictions. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and Allison, when a bunch of content, because I know you you do like a uh, like like you speak a, a lot. You'll be on panels and and things like that. Do you find when you get a bunch of really popular content creators that are all trying to do their shtick rather than just be real? Oh, yeah. I have a hard time talking to people in general. <laughs> like, I just, like, I, yeah, I mean, like, I find, I find, like, um, small talk or, like, performative talk, like, it's just exhausting. So, <laughs> like, when you were like, oh, that's such an honest answer, like, it, I literally thought, well, it didn't occur to me I could lie. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, but, you know, some people come in and do their stick. Stand-up comics are the worst, and you did stand-up yeah. comedy for a while. I still do stand-up, yeah. Because they come up and they have to do their stick, but it's like, on this show, you guys know, like, we're, we're talking, we're just hanging right. out, so if you do your stick at me, I have no time. I'm like, I already looked at your clips, I know what you're doing. I know, I'm always, like, so weird, I'm gonna, like, repeat myself, especially because kind of when you're on like that publicity circuit yeah. for something yeah. I'm like oh my I've said this exact same thing like three times but then I'm like oh only my mom watches all the things <laughs> <laughs> but uh, people tend to ask actors and entertainers the same questions to over and over and over which pours me to tears it's like what did it feel like when you won that Academy Award what do you think it felt like it felt <laughs> terrible I wanted to give it back it was heavy no it's like you know um, and that's what I love about this group. It's like seeing the the real people behind uh, the personas that that, that we have. Um, and when I looked at your clips, I kept looking at how many views, and I'm like, that's a lot of views. I'm like, what is she doing? She's 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 just presenting herself and talking. And when we have content creators on the show, you know, I watch their clips, and I can watch two or three, and then it's like, okay, I get it. Like I'm not kidding when I when I binged watched it because it was it was it was real. And Jason, I have a feeling, how many shows do you have left for the Hollywood Fringe? Two shows uh, on June 14th and the 23rd. What days are those? That's Thursday and Saturday. Thursday at 6 and Saturday at 3. We're all comped, cool. right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just give me the info. I'd I'm love intrigued. to see everybody and anybody I'm going to come on Thursday. It's 60 minutes. It feels like 30. I swear to God, you'll have a great time. So, Jason, but like, I know every line by heart. Great, great. <laughs> then Do you need another in. study? Can you imagine? <laughs> I'd come with props, though. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I was actually watching you when the, when the uh, recording was on, and you know, I could see it in your face, like how... And oh, it's I, in there. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I go back to listen. I, I actually got to talk to, um, to Rufus Wainwright about oh, her doing her concert. Mm -hmm. And now I'm somebody that, sorry, Rufus, I love him, but I, I. I don't think any human being should ever try to do a full concert of no, Judy, like Judy I mean, Garland. No, I mean, it was a good, it was a test of endurance yeah. more than anything. But do, so you saw it. What, I was yeah. in the front row oh, wow. of Carnegie Hall. You can hear me and my podcast partner <laughs> laughing <laughs> really? on the on the album, wow. yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I genuinely, like, it's very, it's very similar but different. But I really respected him for simply showing people get into a get into the theater or listen to the CD and really listen to how long I'm going to sing these standards and and it's not I'm not kidding it's endurance yeah. like it's not everybody who can get up 
and and spend two and a half hours just singing straight through. Crazy, yeah. Um, yeah. And in it's that hard. way, it's a little bit it's a little bit grandstandy of him to be <laughs> like. But it's a little narcissistic. But you know, I appreciate when a strong singer does their own version. Like we both love Linda oh, yeah. Etter. You love oh, Linda Etter. Yeah. So when she did she Somewhere Over the Rainbow, <laughs> she put her spin on it, which yeah. is very Judy Garland like, but she wasn't doing it and imitation yeah well it's yeah. important that's important. Really it's important. A, important it's an overdone song so if you're gonna do it yeah. do it your way yeah absolutely for sure absolutely. which i love when you direct me in cabarets because i'm the i'm the one that has to sing every song that i've loved even though it's like <laughs> it's my cabaret i'll sing don't cry for me argentina if i want to but when you direct me you never like uh you swayed me away from just doing a copy and you're like what does this mean for you yeah, and yeah, you really yeah. have to and for the acting's perspective you have to make it yourself so when you had to read the the adolf hitler letter Oof. you have this history behind you knowing who this man became but you're also reading the letter from this young person in love that we've never known um that must have been such a conflict yeah you know it was my first uh talking about the a and e show in 2004 my first when my first paid show after acting school in, in the U.S. I mean, I acted in Israel before. But, uh, you know, I'm Jewish. My, half of my family was killed by the Nazis in the Holocaust. So my first show, my first gig ever, play, reading a letter uh, written by Hitler on a big TV show, I remember asking all my teachers, well, should I do it, should I not? Because, you know, yeah, it was very, I, I, I was very conflicted. And my teachers said, you know, eventually they said, you should do it. Not only it's a job, but, you know, you should do it because... I mean, you're not reading him his letter to Eichmann telling him kill all the Jews. You're reading, uh, you're showing another side of the guy. Uh, so maybe you're in a way contributing somehow to this big myth or big big icon Hitler. Uh, maybe showing a different side so that might be interesting to people. Uh, so yeah, I was really conflicted. I did it. I got paid like fifty bucks. The guy ripped me off. Oh boy! The guy that wow. hired me somehow kind of <coughs> completely because it was a group of actors reading l letters written by. Hitler or by fan fan letters to Hitler and a lot of them are really shocking you know uh, but my letter was really a sweet letter that he wrote when he was like 19 to this girl he was in love with called Mitzi she was 16 and he called he wow. calls her um, she, he calls himself uh, Wolfie that was his nickname nickname she gave him Wolfie and he called her my sweet Mitzi and you know kind of nicknames and like a real genuine love letter so yeah that was uh, kind of weird but yeah, I feel I like it's important to know that like that people like this aren't pure monsters because like I think sometimes when it's like let's talk about Trump like it's like well he's not a Nazi yeah, and it's right. like Nazis are all bad you know and it's like no like nobody is yeah, all bad right. like people exactly. can still do so much damage and That's still love point. their wife. Yeah, and it's also yeah. a warning too. When uh, I'm one of the latecomers to Handmaid's Tale, I'm like, fine, I will watch mm. it. <laughs> and I'm the kind like, you know, I I have to watch it all at once, or I'm not going to watch it all. I can't piecemeal it because we're all busy. Number one, and number two, my attention, whatever. Um, and so I sat and watched Handmaid's Tale. The first couple of ep episodes, you're like, it's a good show, but this is so far fetched. And then you start to realize, yeah. wait a minute. And when they do the flashbacks and they show little by little by little, and just like you said, nobody's just a full monster. Somebody becomes that way because of the way that uh, that they grow up. Either they've been hurt or their own personal experience makes them that way, unless they're totally like a sociopath and that's like a chemical imbalance. Um, but it's it's all like human studies. It's so, mm -hmm. like we're, like to look how different we all are right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and yet we've been able to talk for an hour and a half about yeah. the subject that we love, which is entertainment. But you know, it's like the ABC of acting is like, sometimes you'll have to act, do characters that you, you yourself don't agree with. 
but you gotta find their humanity. You gotta find yeah. the, the the inroad in inside, like the justification. Why do they do this terrible, yeah. like a serial killer, right? Why why do they think it's good to kill people, and find something that would actually make sense to a human being? Mm-hmm. Oh, because I I my little sister died in an accident when she was six, and therefore I decided that it's humanity's fault that little kids die. So I'm gonna revenge on all humanity. Something like that that yeah. could make sense to a normal human being and to you, and then you can kind of somehow understand sure. this, mm. what we call a monster, right? Yeah. It's what, why villains are always the best parts to play. Right. Yeah, they really hey, no, are. It's, I, I don't know if I, I, I should mention it, but you said everything <laughs> was possible here, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. Anthony, what's his name, Anthony? Uh, Bourdain. Yeah, Bourdain who just, you know, mm. killed themselves. So he's a very controversial figure in the animal rights vegan movement because the guy killing anim- animals in, with his own hands, like eating animals while they're still alive, ripping their intestines out, like all kind of crazy stuff that he did. So he really promoted a lot of violence to, to animals, but eventually, you know, we know by now that every big serial killer starts by torturing animals, then mm-hmm. they go on to humans. And then, so a lot, a lot of you know vegans or people like in the Amorites movement said, "Oh, great, got good riddance," you know. Um, and I was really kind of conflicted. I never liked, I didn't really know the guy, but from the few clips I saw him speaking, I thought, "What kind of monster this guy is?" So I, I wrote something kind of very kind of mild, like, you know, he wasn't a good friend for animals. I'm not happy that anybody dies. So I, I wasn't celebrating, and I don't think any one of my friends was celebrating his death. But, you know, he he believed that it. Uh, Somehow he believed he had the justification to believe that it's okay to show these things on TV to promote violence, mm-hmm. promoting you know eating everything <coughs> that moves on the planet. I don't know why he even moved to people eating people. I don't know because he literally <laughs> ate every other animal that exists. Caleb, <laughs> no. But anyway, so a lot of people shift it back. A lot of people, would, you know, a lot of people would call him a monster. I, I know people personally that would call this guy a monster, label him a monster. Right. And uh, but also he's a human being. He was he was really intelligent. He was funny. He had a love you know a loving relationship with his girlfriend and his daughter. And I'm sure like again he had a justific a real justification to do these things. And it, you know I think it's kind of our duty to understand those justifications, not just label somebody. Oh, he's a monster. He's a Nazi. He's mm-hmm. a Hitler. Or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's very funny because I've never thought about it from that perspective of Anthony Bourdain because I've just you know been saddened by by the recent uh, deaths due to mental illness. Um, but to look at it from, uh, and I'm not talking about his death whatsoever. I'm talking yeah. about what he did on TV in terms of eating everything because that was his show. Right. Uh, it's very interesting other side of perspective, and there's other sides to everything. And so, Alice and I, you know, with all these like serious things that we talked about and usually we don't get this deep just to be honest oh boy. you know you went to USC for screenwriting is this where you pictured yourself in terms of like you were writing your your scripted skits uh, you wrote your book and and now with the podcast where where do you want to go with your screenwriting because now pretty much you've already established yourself you've established your fan base where do you go from here now that you have like a green light and it's like Here's the pen. Here's the paper. <laughs> I wish I had that green light. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the dream is always a TV show. Like, I'd love to be a showrunner. Um, I love to be in charge. Um, and so, you know, I, I, the TV space has been really difficult. And, like, we've, you know, sold some stuff. Like, I was pitching today. And 
Um, and it's been interesting to sort of like have to broaden what my goals are, you know, like it, it wasn't a book, it wasn't a podcast and, and, but those are the venues where I was actually able to make the thing and have the thing come out in the world. Um, and so I sort of realized that like what I want to do is be a storyteller. And so I, maybe that will look different than what I originally envisioned, which was just my half hour TV show. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny, you know, we all end up doing, I, I had no experience in radio. I had no I mean, remember even five years ago, I was in banking. Like, you know, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, Jason, on the business side, uh, I got this email also uh, uh -oh. from many people in the entertainment industry is, what was it like applying towards the uh, Hollywood Fringe Festival? And for those of you that are not local, the Hollywood Fringe Festival is one of the most amazing uh, set of weeks in Southern California for theater, for small, intimate mm -hmm pieces that you'll never see again, pieces that you hope to see on a bigger scale. Um, Especially for LA that doesn't have a reputation of have, being a good no. theater town, but it is a good theater town. Yeah, at the, that level. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, the special thing about Hollywood Fringe, I've noted, I've realized from talking to other people who've had experiences with like New York Fringe or Edinburgh, is that, you know, those those festivals are, are they, there's a gatekeeper. There's somebody who is making choices for what is there and it's a very stringent process in which you're you know put through the ringer and you most likely will not be featured hollywood fringe festival is very democratized it's you know if you have the resources and the money and the just the gumption you can put up anything you want in a venue for as many performances as you'd like and it's success is totally on your shoulders. Um, I've learned the hard way that networking is really the uh, key to all of this. <laughs> I'm a terrible self promoter, and uh, I'm kind of like do I've, I'm doing everything by myself, and it was a really eye opening experience. Just that it's it's a it's a great way to self start, but definitely you cannot be lazy um, with regard to this because it's it's all on you. To produce um but yeah no if you've got if you've got the resources and you don't mind maybe taking a little taking a little hit in the pocketbook <laughs> to yeah. get your passion yeah, you're project not getting rich on the Hollywood no yeah. certainly not you'll be lucky if you break even uh, but good for you for doing your yeah. passion despite that i mean yeah i mean yeah. i i really view it as just the kind of start of it's very instant inquit phase of the whole the whole everywhere I want to go with this project. Well, you'll right? see him on Broadway in uh, like two years. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be there. two years. That's all it <laughs> takes. What What is your goal for the show? Uh, the goal is well, I mean, I've really, I've really built it as something that I can do anywhere, any time, any place. It's really could just be me in a room, and I could make it work. Um, so the idea is to get it just about anywhere I can. Obviously, it would work wonderfully in a in a beautiful theater with a lovely set that mirrors her, her her home and you know mm. great production design and all that but like I literally could take this on an Atlantis cruise and be sitting in a, in a room alone with a uh, hundred gay men and be <laughs> and it would be I would the hope the response would be so different because the Atlantis cruise compelling. everybody would be laughing and yes, hooping and hollering yeah, sure. and the other crowd would be very somber that's yeah 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 Provincetown um, I mean, Provincetown exactly summer, yeah? that's right. my point yeah. is that like literally the list goes on and on and mm -hmm. on I don't really have have any like pinnacle just as long as I can I keep saying that if I could make people sit in the dark in a room 
and just listen to these tapes, I would. But that's weird. So I'm going to just do them for you. <laughs> when I bought that CD, when I bought that CD for $85, I would make I was like, "Listen to this." Like, I'm yes, drinking, I'm like, me "Listen, too. listen." And I you know how when you uh you want somebody to see something the way that you saw it? Yeah. And like if you show them a movie that they've never seen and they like check their phone once or they go to the bathroom. No, you're not watching. You're not listening. That's how I feel about these tapes. So genuinely that's how I feel. If I can bring it to as many people because that's the at the heart of it, it's a woman who is not being heard and is not getting her story out there and is is really disheartened about that and if I can do some protracted justice in that department, I'm happy getting it to as many. Edinburgh, I think they're application is open now. Is it now? I think so, yeah. Hell, I, 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 can I, I request a credit line increase? <laughs> we could do a fundraiser on the rocks. Yeah, <laughs> that we could. Right. We'll sing some Judy tunes. Yeah, it's we'll fun. see. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> can <you imagine? laughs> uh, all right, you guys, can you believe the time has come and gone? Whoosh. Wow. It goes so fast, especially without air conditioning. <laughs> our love to you, BN, for the loss of air conditioning. Uh, anyway, so we end the show on rapid fire. It's just, it's not anything deep, but you answer five questions as rapid fire as you can and then you tell our listeners viewers uh, where they can find you yeah okay? who wants to go first oh boy <laughs> I'll go first oh Someone he pointed at me yes <laughs> alright Jason what is the most overrated musical oh shh Spring Awakening oh oh that is interesting that no. goes to the whole division of new Broadway it does I'm on your side if I have to see a new Broadway musical I'm like oh my Oops. okay Okay, what would you say to Judy if you had one sentence to say? It's all just me? Oh, uh, um, uh, oh, just thank you, just thank you, thank you, thank you. I would say thank you as many times as I can in one sentence. Hmm. All right. <laughs> She'd know. She'd understand. Uh, a Broadway role from the past you wish you could go back in time and originate. It could be male or female. Oh, holy mo! It could be male or female? Yes. That I could originate? Oh, boy. God, I, w I would love a crack at... I would love a crack at the balladeer in Assassins. Oh, wow. Because See, I think that's, good that's, one. Uh, th that has to be one of the best vocal. Yes. But it's one of the most boring. No, 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 no. But, but if you can do it right, that's my point, is if you can pull it off, you're telling the story. And you've got some great Literally, songs. Tell yes. story. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you just need a little charm, that's all. Not like yeah. <clears throat> who did the revival. Okay. Uh, 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 okay. Uh, no shade. Uh, of course, your podcast is called Lady <laughs> Watch, gosh. and I love it. I love the graphics. You guys talk about all the divas that we all love. You bet. Um, so, in the vein of Lady Watch, Jessica Lang or Ellen Burstyn? Jessica Lang or Ellen Burstyn? Oh yes. Holy moly! Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Ellen Burstyn. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with Ellen Burstyn, mm -hmm. who was robbed at the Oscars when Julia Roberts won it. Uh, won it for Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, I Ellen mean, Ellen Burstyn and Requiem for a Dream. Are that you was kidding? that was a bit of a pinnacle, but um, yeah, I don't know. I sometimes feel like I feel like Jessica Lang. I feel like sure she's still coasting on that uh, starlet thing a little bit. Just slightly, just <laughs> slightly. Ellen Burstyn always, always had the credentials. You know, she's a big Lee Strasberg girl. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. bet. Ellen, Ellen Burstyn's the... Except when she was on Flowers the of the Attic, the Lifetime movie remake. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Absolutely. Jason, you have done so many different shows uh, uh. of all different uh, genres. The funniest onstage mishap. Um, the funniest mishap was the opening night of Cabaret, which I played the MC, MC and he literally, yes, he literally opens the show with a song called Vilkomen, It's Welcome, and I got through the first verse and I forgot every single, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, but that's like, everybody knows that. 
Yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. was singing along with you. Like, no, no, no. It wasn't the song. It was it was the actual. It was the like oh. banter. Oh, oh, got oh, it. I had just oh, had oh, a like migraine. Crunchy on the side, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so I literally had to make up banter, and I think people really thought that it was a fresh take on the musical. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's just like a cabaret. But I literally spent two minutes just vamping trying. What's to funny because each of the course members has their name. Yep. So it would be like Texas. You yep, know. yep. 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 Oh, yeah, I played around. You. That was fun. That's that was terrifying, funny. but it was fun. It's funny as actors when we think we know something over and we've done a show mm-hmm. for a year or whatever, we're like, oh, we got it, and it just comes at one time. Oh, it's a second, like you lose focus or something. It, it becomes our nightmare. Do you know yeah, how many yeah, dreams yeah. I still have from Your Good Man, Charlie Brown, which is Ugh. the silliest oh, show in the boy. world? But I still have a dream like, oh, I forgot the lines. Who cares? It's Your Good Man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> it says You're a good man, not the best man. <laughs> Jason, where can our viewers and listeners find you? Oh, you find me you? on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Powell98, and of course, Lady Watch Pod. Um, and for more information about the book that I'm going to write by Judy Garland, Judy at Fringe.com. All right, and there's two shows left. Only two, two shows. shows. Two shows unless I get extended. Right, I'm but no, only two shows. You better come to those I'm going to come shows. on the Thursday, yeah? <laughs> Please do. Yeah. I'm going to the details. Yeah, absolutely. I've yeah. got flyers yeah. and everything. Perfect. All right, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Mm-hmm. We'll All right, go down Allison. the line. Uh, celebrity crush. Nathan Fielder. Oh. <laughs> nice. I, love I only that. had that so quickly because someone asked me yesterday. <laughs> but okay. I think that that's really who it is. And right. I, I really hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any female figure from the past uh, that you would want to film a viral video with? Oh, my. From the past that I'd want to. Somebody that's about. past. Someone who's dead. Yes. Dead, Got dead, it. dead. Muffin. Oh, God, who's that. dead? Um,. <laughs> I mean, probably Eleanor Roosevelt. Ooh. I feel like she'd be pretty funny. Oh, yeah, she'd be a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there'd be spunk. <laughs> yeah. It'd, it'd be one of those videos that's like, Eleanor tries pot for the first time. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'd love to see that one. <laughs> that actually is kind of funny. <laughs> Maybe we could do like that. a whole, yeah, I was going to say, let's do a whole set of dead celebrities who... <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt, <Yeah>. 420. <laughs> uh, Allison, what is your biggest pet peeve? And I know you have some... Uh, attributes of OCD, so this could be anything. No, I have OCD. Um, yes. What is my biggest pet peeve? I really don't like it when people talk too loud. Mm. But not you. No. I actually find you... That's del- my shtick. No, but I find you <laughs> delightful. And I oh, also think you. that you do it at appropriate times. But like mm. when, when we're just... Like sometimes if someone's just like... If they can't... Can, Allison, I think, how yeah. you doing? Yeah, mm. just I don't know. And I get worried that other people are... Like that we're being rude. That oh. like we're overtaking oh. the environment that oh, makes me nervous. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's the most interesting answer after four years of asking this question. That's really interesting. Uh, Allison, what is the most embarrassing song on your playlist? All of them. <laughs> I, I listen to terrible music. Um, I mean, I listen to a lot of Bowling for Soup, so I, I think that answers itself. I know what that is? Right. No. <laughs> you guys do. You look it up. Okay. What YouTube videos uh, do you find yourself clicking now over and over that you're just like at late at night and you're like, oh, I'm gonna watch the next one, watch the next one. What type of videos are they? I don't watch YouTube videos. Oh. Do you know what's funny? I don't listen to other podcasts. I think talk radio is so boring. <laughs> 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 I do. That's re- that's really funny. So like I'll watch like clips of things that happened and like I'll watch like you like movie trailers and but I don't yeah. watch like other YouTube channels. You're just so honest. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, it's the end of me. (laughs) (laughs) The only like YouTube videos I watch are like the fail videos, like where people trip. Oh yeah, and it's so sad, but I love when people trip from animals to babies to old people. Oh, I'll watch animal videos, any sort of animal video. Mm -hmm. I'll watch, and I love memes, so I'm huge on memes. I'm just not big on YouTube. Okay, all right, Allison. Where can our uh, viewers and listeners find you? Um, Especially so, June 14th? Yes. So June 14th, um, you can get all the information at gossippodcast.com, or you can just go into your podcast app and just type in gossip, and it should be there. Please subscribe. Um, and then my social media is at Allison Raskin. Yes. Thank you, Allison. Thank you so much. Alan, right. you're next. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is uh, something you would say to Hitler if you had the chance? How you doing? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Come on, Alan. <laughs> Uh, what's what's the mustache, man? I mean, <laughs> the new one-man comedy with Alem. Alem talks to Hitler. <laughs> Another show. Yeah. You know, the, right. the funny thing is, without a mustache, he kind of looks like my dad. Mm. Yeah. So I'm like, but why the choice of that mustache? I mean, it's not... It was Charlie Chaplin, right? He, like, well, loved yeah, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, who came first with... No, Chaplin came... No, yeah, it was yeah, Hitler Chaplin was first, doing yeah. it because really? he loved Charlie Chaplin, right? Mm-hmm. That's the yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but like in history, Charlie Chaplin was famous before Hitler, and then Hitler right. or uh, Chaplin did the dictator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Which is how entertainment always makes comments mm-hmm. about what's happening. Uh, Alum, if you could travel to any time and destination in a Stargate, where would it be, and what time? You know what? I always felt I was part of World War Two somehow. Mm-hmm. I would love to go back there, uh, not to the nasty mm-hmm. stuff, but maybe I don't know. The invasion, you know, the Normandy invasion, or maybe that's not yeah, nasty. That's light. That's yeah. Real life, <laughs> <laughs> real good time. Uh, you know, D Day, like anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you no, know, it's the, not double D Day. No, you know the massacre at, uh, you know, the massacre. At, uh, blah blah blah. You're so serious. I wonder no. if, if I were to take out for drinks, like what kind of no. time we'd have. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, maybe, maybe I, I know what, I know what, I know. Like uh, being the American soldiers and. Um, how do you call it? Rescue, not rescuing. Uh, coming to one of those camps and like, oh, yeah, uh, liberating, liberating, uh, liberating them. The, the liberators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that is okay. a good one. That's also the most interesting <laughs> answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, when you're in a, like your dressing room trailer, what are your must-haves? And I don't mean like, oh, I need bottled water and Kleenex. Like your personal must-haves every time you're in a trailer. Well, I have my own little kit of uh, makeup, a um, little mirror. Um, uh, what else do I have? Uh, my music, my uh, you know music that I mm-hmm. do stuff with. Um, Tic Tacs. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, do you have like a family photo? <laughs> do you have a book that you always take? No. Uh, you know, my family is all in Israel, and I have here. I only have a cat. I have c- photos of my cat on my phone. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have one. I like a triplet of oh my mom, my niece, and my. That's like. Not for actors, right? That's if you're like a bo- you have like an office and you. I don't know. You know, some actors just have to have those personal like really? totems. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, okay. Uh, your worst audition. Uh, worst audition. Well, when I was just in, in acting school in New York, I found this kind of audition for a play from backstage, and I I go like on the train to like Brooklyn, and it's this guy's apartment, and he's sitting there. It's like an older guy in his sixties or something, and he just tells me. Uh, okay, so say the lines, and can you can you now take your shirt off and say the lines like that? No boy. And I'm like <laughs> oh. being naive. I didn't hear the stories yet. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I did that, and then 
do you mind like dropping your pants? <laughs> <laughs> and that's where kind of something clicked in me. Yeah. Like, okay, you're just an old man uh, wanting to see. Uh, oh God. Um, yeah. But then I heard I had John, uh, John Voight speaking about his, one of his worst auditions, which was kind of like that, but the guy actually asked him to uh, kick him in the face as part of the audition. He actually did it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I feel I'm not alone. Some other actors had even worse auditions. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the last show that you binge watched? Um, uh, True Detective. I love the first season. Oh. I binge watched mm. all of it. Amazing, amazing. And I started watching um, Counterpart. I had like five auditions for that show. Mm. I haven't binge watched it. I just watched two episodes. But yeah, that's kind of the next one on my on my list. All right. And where can our listeners and viewers find you? Uh, Starbucks on the corner of La Brea and uh, <laughs> Sunset. Um, no, uh, well, I'm, I'm Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Uh, but maybe easiest on my website, alamorian.com. Make sure you spell it. Uh, how do you spell it? <laughs> a, so it's A Y L A M O R I A N, alamorian.com. Thank you so much. What about him? <laughs> Oh, well, it's, 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 it's for yeah. the guests. Okay. We did your rapid fire the we first time we were before, here. Yeah. Yes. Michael, thank you so much. Oh, I always you. love this it when fun. you come. I hope, Great I, guests. I hope you come back more often. It's like <laughs> pulling teeth to get you in here. <laughs> I can come now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much. What a fun time. Uh, Thursday, I will be there. Great. Yep. Let me know. I'll put you on the list. Kurt, as always, thank you so much. Uh, to Mama Rose, uh, who helped us out today. And, of course, to Greg Boyd, taking our Instagram <laughs> photos. We are live every Tuesday from Sunset Gower Studios in the heart of Hollywood, right around the scandal and how to get away with murder people. Mm -hmm. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> this has been On the Rocks with Alexander. Every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Find me on Facebook on On The Rocks Radio Show. Tweet me or Instagram me at On The Rocks On Air. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>